Today's sponsor is Sneakers, a DC DMV sports apparel company. Go check out their very cool designs at sneekis.com. Hoodies, t-shirts, hats, and at checkout, enter Pixel and Roll and get 10% off your order. Also, in the process, you help support independent media. So go do it. Thanks a lot. And now, it's the Pixel and Roll Show with Adam Magutis. Walk with me to the end. Welcome to another edition of the Pixel Roll Show, where we discuss a decent basketball team, your Washington Wizards. Hello, everyone. This is Adam McGinnis. It is Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas, everyone. On today's show, Abdullah Sharif of Hoop District, a fellow Wizards blog, join me for a riveting discussion about this basketball team. We go into the good recent play of the Wizards, analyzing each game, talking about what's been going right compared to the early season woes. We discuss players in details, Coach Scott Brooks, and an outlook of the upcoming schedule. It's really funny. I think that everyone will enjoy it. Of course, in so Wizards fashion, they were destroyed last night against Milwaukee. So I do not have much discussion on that game because we recorded it before it, but Rashad Mobley will join me next week to discuss that loss in a other game. So look forward to that. Happy holidays, everyone. Good luck avoiding any contentious conversations with family members. I am trying to not repeat my performance of two years ago getting a big argument with my uncle over Black Lives Matter and Ferguson. My racist aunt jumping in did not help matters. I also blame whiskey. So enjoy my conversation with Abdullah. With me today is a man, his, his second appearance here on the Pixel and Roll show. A guy that has been, he knows where all the bodies are buried here in the, the wizard blogger <laughs> com- community. Mr. Abdullah Sharif. Abdullah, yes, sir. Abdullah, what is up, bro? How are you? Good, good evening, AMAC. Dude, what's happening, man? Uh, happy holidays. Uh, Merry Thank you, Christmas. Merry Christmas. I know I'm a, I'm a recovering Catholic who will still celebrate, <laughs> who still celebrate the holidays with my family because it's better off to go to Christmas mass with my father than tell him that I don't really believe in a lot of this Catholicism bullshit. <laughs> but here's the deal, man. Like, yeah, it's good times. I love my family. It's, hey, you know, we're, it's, we're, it's okay. we're all, we're all embedded in the culture, man. Yeah, so but, 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 you're, but, you're, you're you're closer to Christmas than I am, and, how, and, and, how I, your, and I've got. How about your? How about your culture? By the way, for the people not listening, uh, uh, Abdul is not is not a Christian like myself, so that's my joke for the people that don't really get that. <laughs> hey, yeah, well, I, I I did I did land my first Christmas tree in our living room. Really? Uh, thanks to my wife. Yeah, she's she's. You're so deeply... American now. You're so American. Oh now, my goodness! Right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, man, I've, I've been here for thirty four years. I know. I know. No, no, that's, that's a joke. That's my other joke. I know you're American. <laughs> Yeah, so, we yeah we can't so we, we yeah tree. we. No, let's talk about your tree. Like, tell me about the tree. Your wife got the it's, tree. It's 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 an eleven dollar. Wait, no, a twenty dollar or thirty dollar tree from Walmart. 
it's one of those makeshift trees. You just pull it out of a box and it just props open. And uh, it's got white frost on it. So it mat- it's, it's more of a decor to go with our furniture than anything else, really. It really looks nice in our living room with the, uh, with the, uh, with the gray couches and, and the white walls. So um, not, we haven't put any ornaments on it yet. I'm not sure if we're going to go that far. Well, we have lights on tree. it. You got a naked tree. Yeah, well, naked not, tree not, not entirely. It's got, it's, it's, it's got a G-string. It's got, it's got the lights around it. Um. <laughs> well, well, the thing is, here's the deal. Like, I, I got a tree, a real tree. I had it for a couple of years, and uh, yeah. I, I hooked one up from my local PTA, uh, Bancroft Elementary School here in the nation's capital. And I'm really excited about it, like to the point where I told my friends the other night we came over uh, late night. I was like, "Here's there's two rules. You have to be you have to be less loud than me, and you have to really like my Christmas tree." It's the, it's the two <laughs> it's the two rules I gave them. They came and they're like, "Wow, Adam, you're really excited." And I was like, "Yeah, I got ornaments up." I bought some some candy. So, canes. do you have, do you have any, any any wood ornaments? I do not. I have a lot of Iowa and Nebraska ornaments that my, I've got passed down, but I do not have a wood ornament. That that is a good uh, good question. I, I you know you know what you need to do. You need to go on Amazon or, or Google some? Shopping or anything and see if there's. I for some reason I I can see Jordan Crawford's face. On a Christmas ornament. I mean, I do, I, have, I, do, I do have some, like, kind of branches that are looking a little spotty. Or, or on an ugly sweater. <laughs> well, I, I do have some branches that are looking like, you know, they've had better days. So maybe some Yamahimi, Bradley Beal ornament. Uh, Can I go on the line like that one? Yeah. <laughs> Don't throw Brad, Bradley Beal has had better days. He's having them now. He had, he's had Bradley Well, let's talk about this Washington Wizards. Let's go. Uh, Abdullah, okay, here's the deal. They're 13 and 15. We're recording this on Christmas Eve, Eve, Eve. Here yes, on, the, on the 22nd, now, happy Festivus for everyone tomorrow. You know, I hope your feats and strengths were great there for uh, George Costanza's father. But what, <laughs> what, what I want to talk about is that so they are 7-3 in the last 10 games. Yep. Uh, they are two games uh, below 500. Things are doing well. A lot of positive pixels. I love that I'm having you on to talk about these positive things because if I look back at all my 60, 70, 80 podcasts I've had over the last year or two, three million years, back in the day-to-day on the Google Hangouts and everything, majority of them are negative. And I feel like this one, right. all my notes are so positive. So this, before we get to the positive, positive of the local, I just want to know your opinions. First time on the pod uh, this season. I know you're on last year. I had you... Yep. Uh, I had you at a work trip somewhere in a hotel. You know, thank you for that. I was in San Diego. Yeah, 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 yeah. God bless. Uh, <laughs> I hope the Chargers stay. Uh, even though I'm still pissed about uh, Melvin Gorvin uh, getting hurt and ruining my fancy team. I think, I, I think, I think right? the Chargers are, are year to year right now. Yeah. Staying well, in San Diego. Well, 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 Keenan Allen and Melvin Gorvin have destroyed my fantasy teams in multiple years. But uh, that, that is a different podcast. And maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll talk about your Miami Dolphins later. But. Well, what I say is like, what is just your overall sense? First time on the pod, just hey man, like, what is your take here on the 2016, 2017 Wizards so far? Well, well, I mean, to put it in perspective, let's say I'm, I'm more relieved that you brought me on now than you did earlier in the season, um, and and that's the biggest thing, and that's what's I guess really so great about the the place that the Wizards are in right now with this, like you said, the the, the previous winning streak, winning seven out of ten. Is that I mean things were so, the complete the polar opposite at the beginning of the season, um, with uh, the team you know starting off with a lot more losses, um, and the team just in complete disarray. The bench was awful, um, and and John Wall was 
you know, taking um, nights off because he was still rehabbing his knee. So everything was just all over the place. And there was a point where I even, with John Wall taking these nights off and Sadoransky playing, the Wizards looked so bad uh, that at one point I said that maybe it's okay if Wall takes these nights off just to get Sadoransky some some burn, some experience, since the season seems to be lost anyways. That's how bad it was. Uh, and granted, you know, we're all prisoners of the moment when we're, when we're, when we're talking about sports. But, you know, you react accordingly when your team's playing a certain way, and that's the way I reacted with them playing so poorly. But now you're starting to see that things are starting to gel. Um, Bradley Beal has remained healthy, which is huge for him, uh, and it's showing because, uh, I mean, he's playing better than we've ever seen. I mean, AMAC, Beal's been, been hot. Amazing, uh, two forty point Two 40-point games in the last month. I mean, I tweeted the other day, Beal totaled, four 30-point games over the course of his entire career up to the season. He's had five over the past 30 days. That's how good he's been. And, I mean, he's the catalyst to uh, the Wizards being um, as good as they've been in the past few, uh, the past few uh, weeks, I would say. So, so basically it's been up and down. I got you on a high note. Early, the early, you know, November has been a struggle, but here we are. Yeah. Here we are in December. So let's, let's talk about these last... You know, here, here's the one I brought you on. I, I want to talk about the last you know, last time I was on. Mm-hmm. The Wizards uh, beat Charlotte uh, at home. That that that, right. that, 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 that that shot of Kimball Walker went in and out. Before we go to these games, I want to know your thoughts when you saw that shot go up uh, for Kimball Walker and go in and out. I mean, you thought it was going in for sure, right? Oh, of course. I mean, I mean, and, and Kemba has been. I'm not sure if he's up, been. He's a certified Wizards killer. But uh, he does have good games against John Wall, and and the Wizards, you know, they, they've 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 managed to put teams in that position um, often this season, and so and and quite a few times it didn't pan out for us. And so when Kemba Walker was in that position to, to shoot that shot, um, it, it was a, a an absolute blessing that it didn't go in. Um, so, uh, but things things looked up from that point on. Um, I think just a few games before that. Uh, was that that Orlando game that you and I were talking about off the record? Um, which terrible, uh, which awful game. Really, terrible I guess, awful I think game. Really, uh, yeah, I mean to say to say the least. Uh, John Wall's career high in front of just a handful of fans. Uh, they lose to Orlando. Uh, it was just awful. Uh, one of the worst Wizards games that I've personally experienced, and, and things looked really, really bleak at that point. Um, and then they they went on on a, on what was that? Uh, early December, right? That was. It was a few games before Charlotte. Um, uh, yeah, actually, it was a game before Charlotte. Actually, yeah. The Orlando game? Uh, no, no, no. The week before. My bad. The week yeah, before. Yeah. 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 So things went up and down from that point on, but uh, but yeah, I think the Charlotte win is where things. Uh, I think that was the start. It's of the before the Nuggets. Street. Before the Nuggets game, I was at the Nuggets game. Yeah. Right. So it was, it was before yeah. The Nuggets game. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Yeah. So 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 yeah. here's here's the deal. So like. So they beat Charlotte, right? So you're like, okay, yeah. we got we got this stretch, right? We got right. this stretch. So we got we got some home games, and then we're gonna we have two home games, you know. Right. So so they have the Charlotte. So and then they're gonna play. You know, they got Pistons at home, Clippers at home, right? And, and then right. they have this, this this three game stretch this week, which we're in the middle of right now, and we're gonna right. get to these games. So they got Detroit at home. All right, so Detroit. They've played pretty well the last few years. I've been at 
at home, I've been at some of those games. They've blown them out. Uh, but then last year, Detroit was the team that, you know, got their eighth spot in the playoffs. And that game in Detroit, they lost. You know, John Wall saw it out. But here they go. Here it is Friday night. Uh, last Friday night, I was I was not there. I watched it at home before I met my friends at a birthday party because all you people want to hear about my personal uh, mundane details of my life. <laughs> But I sat there, man, and like I was like, yeah, I'll leave it half, you know, I'll leave it half. And holy smokes, the Wizards, they win one, yeah. 122 to 108. They score 65 points in the first half. It was, you wanted to go home? No, no, no. I was at home and was going to oh. leave because I thought it was be like tied oh. or maybe down five. <laughs> I was going to go meet this girl and her try to, you know, like, uh, or not, not this girl, I mean, not a girl girl like that, but like a friend girl, like, you know, like, so like, and, yeah, and you, like, you, you were trying, you were trying to score like the Wizards that night. I get it. Nah, I mean, not really, <laughs> but it was just more like, I don't want to be like the guys like, oh, Adam, you showed up at 11 PM at the birthday party. What have you been doing? I was like, I've been watching the oh, Wizards. Oh yeah, the Wizards. I've been watching <laughs> Blues to Detroit at home. Instead, <laughs> instead. I watched the Wizards just put on an offensive clinic, dude, in the first great. half. Yeah. They scored 65 yeah. points, the most they've uh-huh. had all year, the best they have looked offensively in a while. They, they yeah, were, they, they had were, a rack of threes, too. Dude, they were... Wall, tw- they Wall were, was four for four from three that y- y- night. Yes, and he... Yeah, <laughs> That's uh, how good that game was. <laughs> they, they were 20... Or, I'm sorry, they were 12 of 25 from three-pointers, 22 of 27 from free throws, uh, my other highlight or takeaway from this game was when uh, Markeith blocked his brother out of bounds. That, yeah. that, that was an amazing moment. And then that was they, cute. they that was laughed. Cute. That was so cute. They laughed. Yeah, Gortat, Gortat had a moment too with them. They all, they all got all, they all cute. But, but like Markeith, like, it almost woke up Markeith, who I felt has been like in a slumber most of the season uh, here and there for yeah. games. I don't, before we get this game, like, what's your thoughts on Markeith before, before we get going? Markeith, um, he, he's kind of a little—he's he's a little bit frustrating to watch because you—you you know he can ball, he can ball flat out. He balled in Phoenix, and and he was and when he came to DC, he was considered worth a first-round pick, which is what he was. That's what he was essentially uh, traded. I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. Our first-round pick this this year—that's what Ted Leonsis is in the the team. Like right. I say, yes, my bad. Keep going. <laughs> So, so you know that Keith, um, the stakes are high for him, and and so with the oh, high, that's, that's another joke, by the way. High, but keep going. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <kidding me. laughs> but but yeah, but well, but with but with Keith, um, you, you know he can ball, and it, it just he just seems like he's just not putting it in one hundred percent. Sometimes, am I calling him lazy, so, so to speak? Yes. Uh, especially on the defensive end, um, he just seems like sometimes he just wants to take a playoff. I mean, didn't he even say to the media that you know, some sometimes he kind of normalized and humanized laziness. Um, and I think Kyle actually uh, it put that up, um, that quote up, where he he kind of justified that sometimes guys just won't show up, so somebody else has to pick it up, and and that kind of really allowed me to judge him in a specific way uh and it kind of relates to him on on the floor but there are times where he's just he's just fully there and you can tell that scott brooks wants to incorporate him in the offense there's there's more times than not 
that a possession runs through uh, Markeith in the post, um, squaring up, facing the basket, what have you. He wants to, you know, he likes to ball off the dribble, and it just doesn't happen sometimes. Um, so with Keith, uh, one key to the Wizards kind of moving forward and, and keeping up with this momentum is that they need somebody to, to kind of step up outside of their core three, Wall, Beal, and Otto. No one really has. And Keith is that guy to me, basically. Yeah, yeah I agree. And the thing is, I mentioned him, and we're going to go back to these games, is that he was engaged this Pistons game. He, he was, was... Right, right. Yeah, he, so he, he can do that. Does he have to play... His brother every game, you know. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm like, sure. It was, it was yeah. him. And then, exactly. Yeah. And, so, and, 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 and to your point about him playing with his brother, maybe, maybe, maybe Keith does feed off of some emotional factor, game to game. You know what I mean? Yes. What, what kind of mood is he in? And if it's a game where he's going to be emotionally invested in and passionate and wants to win the game, which is by 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 definition should be the case for every player. Yes. On every night, you know, but with Keith, it just seems like it's a night to night thing with him. Um, how emotionally invested is he well, in the game? It seems like it seems like all about the refs. If he gets a couple of bad foul calls early, and has to That's go out. True too. He, 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 he's like disengaged. If he doesn't get that, and right. then he, well, that, and then that, he that, that, checks might, out, and then all of a sudden now we have. You know, Jason Smith in the game, right? Right, right? or Margaret yeah. Thornton in the game, and Waddle's going small, or something in combination of Ubre or something like that, which is, is it, you know, I mean, not the Jason Smiths are. I mean, I like the Ubre smaller Porter lineups, but Absolutely. that's not really what we want. Like, sometimes five minutes, four or five minutes in the game, where Marquise's like yelling, maybe getting a technical, everything. Because, right. it, like, it's not like what it is, is that when that happens, I don't see him getting re-engaged later in the game. Like it's almost like that happens and he's done, right? Yeah, there, there's no, there's no question that it's become a bit customary for Keith to kind of be neutralized from the game early on. Whether it's because of what you know, what you mentioned, you know, the t- getting a getting a T. Not that he gets them early, but he has been getting. Um, and even if these fouls, fouls are bullshit, had, even these fouls right. are bullshit too, right? It's just, but it don't yeah. matter, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they, they have been ticky tack. They have been some phantom calls. I can't really put, point my finger to any specifics, but the fact of the matter is, is that Keith does get sent to the bench early on in the game, um, every so often, pretty often, with 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 and, and, and with foul trouble early in the game. And to your point. Um, that might certainly factor into how much he's disengaged um, from that point on. I mean, obviously, mom's got a good seat. Do you think the fall guy from the weed arrest of the summer got a really good seat? Do you think the guy, <laughs> you think the guy that took the charge, the cop in charge, like the guy the crew, do you think they're like, you're fine, like, yeah, man, we got you VIP, bro. Yeah, man. whatever it takes, whatever it takes, man. <laughs> I got so many jokes. I'm I so many jokes, and everyone listens now probably laugh their ass off because hey, man, y'all gotta have a good fall guy, especially when you're yeah. trying to trying to travel with what pound of weed like to Jamaica. Like, like who who gets weed in Jamaica, bro? Like, come on now. Like, oh my god. Uh, anyway, yeah. anyway. Well, I, I mean, yeah. That was stop. I, I'm just stopping myself from like a ten minute rant. But but any any other thing you have from this Pistons game? Before we move on, well, I, what, if, if anything, and we'll, we'll discuss this even more as we go down. But Wall and Beal, 
Um, they're a main reason why the Wizards have been playing so well, and the Detroit game was oh, one got, game they where... Got, they got what they wanted at all points, right? Oh, pretty much. And for me, with the House of Guards, when we're talking about Wall and Beal, um, the, the success of, of, of the Wizards is measured on Wall getting double-digit assists and Beal scoring at least 20 points. And, and, and that happened in the Detroit game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean. Wall was nine to twelve from free throws, four four from threes, like you mentioned. Uh, plus fourteen, uh, plus minus, plus fifteen for Beal. It was, it was, it was pretty phenomenal. And, and the other thing I said on on the way out was how Stan Van Gundy back in the day when Wall was struggling as a second year player made a bunch of quotes. After he got fired from Orlando, about how Wall will never be a franchise player, how he was selfish, and and the Wizards were idiots to never—I said never—to to believe that they would build around John Wall. Now he came back out and apologize. Apologize is, is seems lame. You know, recanted these terms. It, it it was forthright and it was apologetic, but whatever, man. F you, dude. And here it is, John Wall being dominant. I mean, he scores twenty nine points in thirty five minutes and pretty much destroyed them. Beal had twenty five. They combined for fifty four fifty four points. I was fine when the Wizards beat the Pistons. That I put the Stan Van Gundy quotes back to him, even though he's recanted them. Do you have similar uh, vengeful feelings as I do? Absolutely, absolutely, and more importantly, John Wall does because you know that Stan Van Gundy was a product of his notes and his phone. Put like, him on his like, shoes and stuff. Right? Absolutely, right, right? absolutely. You know, and you know Wall admits to that, and and there's no question that Stan Van Gundy's. Uh, round face was in Wall's head that entire night. Yeah, so so here, Abdullah. Like, so it is the weekend, you know, Saturday. You know, watch, kicked it. Sunday comes around. You know, I'm all focused on fantasy football. I was going to go to the game. Uh, you're actually, the, you're actually still alive in fantasy football. Uh, I yeah, actually, well, well. I have a lot of Redskins fans that are listening, and uh, I will talk about fuck you, Jordan Reed, for fucking punching a dude and getting thrown out. What the fuck is wrong with wow. you? What's wow. wrong with you? I needed like I needed like seventy points, dude. Why'd you why'd you punch a dude? And uh, and and I'm also a Packers fan, and I played against Ty Montgomery. So there you go. There's a twist of fate right there. So wow, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you, you didn't do well. I'm assuming you're eliminated. I well, I was in the semifinals. I was not eliminated. So I just needed oh, some wow. points at Jordan Reed until he fucking punched a dude. But, oh, like, resilient. So, so, so you, you 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 hit, and then I had Rob Kelly. I had Fat Rob too. So I had Fat Rob and Jordan Reed on on Sunday night and thought that they would just go off. Uh, no, they did not. Jordan Reed got kicked out of the. Out of the out of the game, but here's here's the deal though. So so Clippers game happens during the day. You know I'm already you know me and on previous podcast we had talked about how you know I've already chucked this game up to an L right. So Clippers they, they've yeah. been playing well. The Clippers even though Wizards beat them a couple years before. You know hey. Sunday, it's 3.30, so you can't even say it's a hangover at 1.30. I don't know why the game was at 3.30. I guess the Clippers had to travel or something. And yeah. What a game, dude. Unbelievable game. I, I mean, 
Even the Wizards win one seventeen to one ten. And if the Wizards would have lost one seventeen to one ten, I mean, obviously, I would say the moral victory bullshit, and, right. and, and everyone would, you know, Kyle included, would say a bunch of bullshit. But dude, how this game ended out, both these teams, this was this was like good NBA basketball, and and thank goodness that it came out in the Wizards' advantage. Your thoughts on this game before I get into the details. Where were you? I mean, how'd you watch it? What was this? How'd you feel? Uh, I actually had my man Neil covering the game, so I I, I wasn't there. Um, and oh, Hoop, D- Hoop District, by the way, I haven't mentioned Hoop District. Yes, yes HoopDistrict.net. Yes, yes. uh, shout out to Neil Dalal. Uh, I, I like to call him my son because he's yes. like I like Neil. Seven, I, had po- I had him on the podcast, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah. seventeen years younger than me, and this guy is a workhorse. I, I love oh, this yeah. kid. And so, um, but yeah, so he he was at the game. Um, shout out to Neil, and I actually was uh, watching it through uh, the ESPN box score on my phone. Um, I caught it on DVR later on uh, in the evening, but um, the game itself um, it, it pointed to a lot of things here. First of all, like you mentioned, the, the Wizards on a Sunday afternoon, where normally uh, historically they're terrible. I mean, I mean, what they got blown up by Boston uh, uh, last year or the year before on a Sunday. That's had a couple other. Uh, Sunday games that were terrible, so that that was one factor that kind of really dismissed any any idea that the Wizards would do well in this game. Secondly, uh, a powerhouse Western Conference team. I mean, the Clippers started out hot um, I mean, for the first couple weeks, um, but you know started to kind of fall back a little bit. But in any case, uh, a powerhouse in the Western Conference, three a star-studded team with three with three superstars: Paul, Blake, DeAndre. Um, so for the Wizards to pull this off, and the Wizards were down in this game. And so it points to their resilience as well. They were able to come back. People had a 41-point monster game, um, and, and Wall was a double-double. So this was kind of uh, a, a turning point for the Wizards, uh, kind of a, a real testament to how better they've become over the past few weeks. Yeah, what, what, what I thought, this, you mentioned a few of them that stood out. Was you know Bradley Beal, dude? I mean, I mean, let's look at let's look at his stats before we start. Uh, he was six of ten for three pointers, thirteen of twenty three from from the floor, plus ten, plus minus forty one points. He went berserk in the third quarter. Yeah. Berserk. Uh, I think th- I think it was the most points he's ever scored in his career in the in a quarter. I think he had eighteen. He said later on that the the, the basket looked you know huge. To him, and there was there was an element of you know Sam Cassell is on the staff of the Clippers. Him and him and John Wall love Sam Cassell. who's very instrumental being on Flip staff and being here in, in their development. So maybe it was a little bit motivation of Bradley Beal with with him doing that. But it also was the fact that like. The Wizards outscored them thirty-two to twenty-three in the fourth quarter. Right, and at the end of the game, they were down. I don't know. It was like five minutes, six minutes. They're down eight points, and they just went on this run. And the other thing that stands out, and what we were mentioning earlier about Markeith Morris being engaged and maybe be him being a difference maker, dude, he was a beast. Yeah, yeah, because it's one thing for like, okay, we're gonna run like a, a double screen to get Beal to get a shot, right? It's one thing to just be like, let's dump it to Markeith Morris to get a bucket. 
and he did multiple times. Close it out. Marquise Morris ends with plus 15, 10 to 17, 10 to 17 from the field, 23 points, nine rebounds, three assists, three steals, one block, two turnovers, and. It was like he was a closer in a way, and and the the Clippers did not have that, right? And that was something I felt that was something to move forward. That was you know aside from Beal's forty one, which is great, you know that gets the headlines. You know, yeah, as it should. You know, like wow, this dude scored forty. You know, but to me. Markeith doing what he did to close out right. this really good Western well, Conference yeah, team it, 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 what, was yeah. instrumental to me. Don't you agree? It, 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 go, it goes back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it goes back to what I said earlier about the Wizards having <clears throat> that additional option outside of their core three. And, you know, mind you, Beal got it, got his 41, which was obviously, like you said, the headline. Um, Otto had an off game, but then Morris picked it up, and Morris became exactly what he can be every night and what Scott Brooks expects him to be every night because Scott Brooks wants to use him as that option on offense, as a primary option on offense. And you see it more often than not where the Wizards come down, they bring the ball down, and they go right to Marquise Morris first in the post or, or, or however they do it. And in this Clippers game, I mean, Marquise showed up. And, and all, all, that, all that game planning for him came into fruition, and he ends up balling out. And, and being that third or fourth, that, what, in this case, the second scorer for the Wizards that night with, 20, with 23. Um, so it, very telling for what Marquise can be. Well, and also, as much as I ripped on the, the, the Verizon Center fans in this, and how the lack of them all season, which is still a black They showed spot, up that day. They did, and they were loud. They showed up that day. They were loud they were- at the end of the game. Like I watched it. I watched it twice. Uh, Kyle talked about it. People at the game mentioned how they were into it, and the fact that the Wizards yeah. gave them something to be into it. So that was that was something to be well, encouraged. Well, the, about. you know, the, the, the Redskins need more Monday night games. That's what it is. Oh God, this time we're talking about. This. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, no, yeah. We're, we're, we're not. We're not gonna. We're not gonna pivot well, to that. They, but. They, 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 yeah. What can they not? I felt like the Redskins game was over when they put on the screen the other night that they have they've lost fifteen to sixteen Monday night football games. It's like, yeah, oh, oh yeah, this, this oh. game over. Well, that, that that's a great segue because that moves us into Monday night. The Wizards back to back in Indiana. I'm watching this game before the Redskins game. We play the Pacers. Here they are in the Pacers. They lose 107 to 105 in Indiana. This game. I mean, I could talk about this game probably for an hour, honestly. Well, but 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 what's your take? What's your takeaways of this game before I talk about? I'm I'm I'm, I'm probably my takeaway is that I'm probably not as distraught or upset about it as you no, sound like you might be. Not, not distraught, but just the <laughs> fact that like there were so many ebbs and flows. Ebbs and flows. Like yeah. All, uh, I'm talking about right. description. Well, yeah. I mean, I can't be upset when they go to, on the road and have a shot to win it and be able to Right. But that, for me, that's the biggest takeaway. It's, not like, it, Miami, it's not like Miami last week where they just faltered in the fourth quarter, right? Like, right. <clears> but, but the, but the Indiana victory. game was a game. More victory. It was a, more victory. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you know what? And, and I was actually thinking about this game earlier today. Uh, when I was, you know, brainstorming uh, my quotes for tonight. But if I, I hate the moral victory excuse, the term, the label, what, what have you. I, I hate it. But oh, we have a lot is, of them as Wizards fans, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. I know. But if, there, if there's any moral victory 
um, I, I would call this one such because the Wizards, like you said, they were on the road. It was a back-to-back. They had a big lead. Um, Bradley Beal makes that shot at the end of the game, right? And we're not talking about anything else. Totally. Right? Or, 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 how, about the shot, how about the shot before where his foot was on the line? Like, inch right. yeah, on the that, line. Yeah, that, that, instead, that, instead of being tied, he's up one. Right, right, right. right. But but Brad, Brad hits that shot, which he, by all means, could have because it was a great play. It was it was a great play call by by Scott Brooks. It was the right guy to shoot the ball, and Bradley did everything he could. You know, it, the shot just didn't fall because life it was just like, be like point that. eight seconds yeah. too. Okay, like yeah, 1. yeah, yeah, 2, under right? a second. I mean, it was it was about as good of a play as you could draw up for for your best shooter. And Kyle and, mentioned, and, and, and Kyle mentioned it. it's like a similar play for Marquise to get a shot in Orlando when when Wall and Beal didn't play early in the season. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If that in that case, you have to. But nine times out of ten, if, if we're going to talk about this, Bradley Beal takes the last shot. That's just how I feel. That's just how good I feel he is. Um, I mean, you can obviously draw plays for Wall, um, but you know, it's, it's all circumstantial. In this circumstance, with under eight seconds left, uh, under under one second left, point eight seconds, you're not going to have much time to move around. To find a shot, you you have to give it, put it in the hands of your lights out shooter, uh, your killer. And right now, Bradley Beal is that guy, and that's exactly what they did. The shot just didn't fall. I mean, it, it rimmed in and out, right? Yeah, I mean, I, it was uh, yeah, it was. And and so when, when that happens, when you I lose mean, I mean, that way, yeah, keep going. I'm sorry. When you lose that way, um, you have more positives to take away than negatives, and it's still it, it's still it's still presents um, a lot of values about the team, uh, except that they didn't win. Um, resilience, um, you know, game planning, getting the ball um, in the right spots, all that happened. They just couldn't get the ball to fall, and you move on. I wasn't I wasn't really up. I mean, it, it, it was heartbreaking to see him miss the shot, but ultimately after about 15 seconds probably, I was like, you know what? That that was that was a good that was a good shot that was a good try. And then plus, and, and, plus if you remember how they got the lead was Thaddeus Young that threw up some fucking junk dude on the left oh side. God. Like how did that go in? How did that go in? That is so wizard so, so, so and bold. We were, we been, I mean Thaddeus Young. So so like Bradley Beal hits the big shot and his foot's on the line like barely. They review it and then you know Bradley yeah, was joking and all of a sudden here they have the ball. The Pacers do. And Marquis played, I thought, decent defense on him. I mean, maybe he could have played. I think he maybe got a little, you know, caught off guard on a little hesitation. But he's right on him. I can't. I yeah. Can't, I can't. I mean, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. yeah. And then, but he threw up some junk on the left side and oh, went in. It was like it was the same of like Paul he, George you know, a step he, back he, or Teague, he, right? It was he, like yeah, he, Thaddeus Jones just threw up some junk on the left side. And now we're down two. Like how the fuck? He, did Nick, that he Nick Batumed us. That's what he yeah. did. Oh. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. And then they run this play, and then I saw the whole list. I mean, Gortat goes to the ground. Markeith was, you know, you know, upset. And, you know, and I felt like the team was there. And it was weird about Bradley is that he made – he had a carryover from the Clippers game, hit his first two or three yeah. shots. He had a cook in, mm-hmm. got in foul trouble. I thought the key of this game was him picking up his fourth foul early in the third quarter. And he had to sit down. The Wizards – uh, bench, you know, obviously, you know, it's, we'll get into the bench. We're not done with the bench on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, but 
you know, they, they, they got scored 31 to 22 in the third. They're down, but they outscore Indiana 26 to 19. They held Indiana to 19 points in the, in the fourth quarter. Now, obviously, they come up on the short end because of some, some plays, but the Wizards were down like eight points with like two or three minutes left. And like Wall made some plays, Beal started hitting some shots. And plays were happening, and like it's, like we were talking about, you know, these last shots didn't go their way. Yeah. So I felt like it was, like you said, I hate talking about moral victories, especially when this team is still struggling underneath 500. But this was a game that, yo, uh, you know, they had a chance. They competed. I love, I love, I love when the Wizards compete. Here's the here's the about moral victories. Like fuck moral victories in the sense that like. Yo, you choke, it doesn't happen. It's like when you compete and it right. doesn't happen. Like, for example, let's talk about the Spurs loss or the Thunder loss for this season, right? Like, I hated that they lost, and I felt there was last-second execution of the Wizards lost. I didn't feel this about this game. I felt like this, like Thaddeus Young made that crazy shot, Beal had an open look and missed it. Whereas the other ones... Even though it was a moral victory per se, dog, like there was some late game execution that didn't happen, and right. this didn't play out in this one. So then here we are. We're headed still on the road trip, and we're headed to Chi Town, Chicago, the home mm-hmm. of the Windy City, and the Wizards are playing the Bulls, who just destroyed the same Pistons that we discussed about how the Wizards destroyed. And the game starts. Uh, the Wizards prevail 107 to 97 uh, for the third road victory of the season, which is huge. Your thoughts on this game? Because I also have another hour podcast on this game. So uh, I'll let you start first. Uh, the Bulls game. Um, again, um, an- another another testament to how well this team has, has gelled. Um, you know on the road um and 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 another big performance from wall and beal again the catalyst of this of this movement pretty much um but uh the bench played pretty well in this game as well they did they did and yeah and and when you when you have nights where we'll talk about marcus thornton extensively but uh marcus thornton um he can he can he can bring a little bit of production when when you really need it off the bench and and he did that for the Wizards uh, uh, last night with ten points off the bench. Um, but uh, again, the Wizards—one thing that really, really made a difference for the Wizards in this game was their adjustment after the first quarter. Um, the Bulls came in ranked number one in offensive rebounds and tied for first. Oh, in they pounded rebounds. them, pounded them. Yeah. So, so, and the Wizards are twenty-eighth. Yeah, they. I, the, the 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 discrepancy in rebounds. For the Wizards, was was incredible. Eighteen to three, they got out. Eighteen to three, they got out rebounded in the first quarter. Um, Eleven to nothing on second chance points, and this is exactly what I wrote about in the pregame. Um, being being extremely weary about um, the, the the game on the glass, um, and and that it was going to be the X factor for the Wizards if they can somehow control the glass, which they absolutely didn't in the first quarter. Um, they'd be okay, but when you look at how the second quarter transpired, um, it was the polar opposite of what happened in the first. The Wizards actually, for, for one, they forced a lot of missed shots, uh, which gave them the opportunity to box out and get rebounds. But 
the Bulls ended up shooting 36% in the second quarter, and the Wizards out-rebounded them by 8 or 9. I think it was 17 and 9 in the second quarter. So, and then, and so what happens is, you know, the Bulls go up by 11 in the first quarter. The Wizards end up outscoring them by 10 in the second quarter. Um, and the game on the glass is what made the difference, in my opinion. So, and the Wizards kind of held ground from that point on. And they were able to kind of minimize um, the Bulls getting second chance opportunities because that's just one thing that the Wizards always struggle with. Um, they play good defense, but then they just have a mental lapse um, in trying to secure the ball and regain possession. And and, the, and if there was any team that was going to annihilate them in that department, it was going to be the Bulls. Um, but somehow they they turned it around after that first quarter. Uh, well, 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 tag Todd Gibson. Let's talk about Gibson, right? Yeah. So 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 he has been a Wizards pest. Uh, he has been one that always pisses me off through our battles. Fucking the, annoying. Yeah, through our battles <laughs> in the postseasons, through our games over the years, and dude, that mother effer. There was there was a stretch. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't even I didn't have to write about this game, and I didn't even write it down. Actually, I just highlighted here because for the people uh, listening, I actually do uh, you know write notes here for the podcast. I know sometimes people just think I ramble, which is obviously true. That's why you listen. But isn't it about Gibson? That mother effer literally committed five fouls in like 30 seconds, and they didn't call any of them. And and he would complain. And he finally got called for foul and complained. But here's the deal about one of the fouls. <laughs> yeah. He runs over John Wall, right? So oh, John yeah, Wall, yeah. So John Wall <laughs> gets run over. And so the earlier, be- earlier we got freaking, I don't know who it was. Maybe it was, maybe it was Otto. I think it was Otto maybe got ran over. Like someone else got run over for a charge. No call. Like, block. So now right. it's like John Wall. Straight up. Way a block. It's not a block. They get an in one by Wade on the corner. Wade ends up stepping on John Wall's head. He steps on his head, right? So then because, Wall gets up, and Wall is just like, why is the charge? And then Wall actually <laughs> says this after the game. It told the ref, it's bullshit. He gets teed up. It ends up being a four-point play. So the Wizards were only down two points, and now they're down six. And now it's just like, oh shit, what a dumbass fucking tech. Dude, from that point, and yeah. Kyle, Kyle has it on the Twitter machine, John Wall went supernova. Went some Westbrook, oh, West, yeah. Westbrook supernova. To the point where, per, to, to where like Buckhands is recognizing, like after pre, like post game, Buck is like, yeah, man. Like he was interviewing John. He's like, "Yo, we got that tech. Like, what's up?" Now the rest of us on uh, the Twitter machine, not me, but all these other people talking about this is John Wall's eight technical, you know, and sixteen technicals. He's gonna get suspended for a game. He has as many technicals as his college roommate, Boogie Cousins. Blah 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 blah. And I was like, "Did you watch the game after the technical?" John Wall went fucking absolutely fucking insane and destroyed them. <laughs> like, it was like it literally yeah. was, like, it was it was a narrative moment that you would write as a journalist. That, well, Wall Wall had Wall had every fucking reason. I was a shitty call. Upset about that call. It was a shitty call because Gibson because, was pushing nonstop. Gibson was so terrible and put bullshit. Anyway, I'm sorry. Keep going. Well, no, no, it's fine. The reason why Wall gets called for that foul is because he got thrown. His head gets thrown in to Wade's leg because it was a charge. Todd Gibson charged him. Yeah, and yes. so 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 Wall gets steamrolled by by Wade. He gets up. First of all, is wondering where the charge call is. Not only is it not a charge call, but he gets called 
for an for a foul on an and one. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm surprised he restrained he restrained himself as much as he did. That was so terrible. So, but yeah. That Dude, was literally, absolutely. literally, like the next that two, was, two minutes of John Wall is just like why John Wall is like one of the best basketball players in the world. After that, like he dude, was like dude, he if, was like yeah, if, if, supernova, so fast. He went to the rim. He kicked it to Bradley for a three. He ran back on defense and like ran so fast back and deed up and got a steal and went back down. It was just like oh my god, they called a timeout. Holbert calls a timeout. I was like oh my god, like John Wall is pissed. I, now that's not where they won the game. But it's one of those narrative moments that you can point to, you know? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he, uh, what's it called? After that, that, it doesn't matter who went through that, you know, with the, with the whole BS call. That would ignite anybody. I mean, and so when it ignites John Wall, um, I mean, it's just, it's game over. And it, 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 that's all it takes sometimes for, for Wall to just get set off when something, Something disrupts his mind in the middle of the game, and he's like, "Fuck this," and just just dominates. And that's exactly um, what happened uh, in that fourth quarter. I mean, for that point on, I mean, that what was that late in the third, yeah. midway through the third, yeah. that, that call. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I so, think so. yeah. So, so from that point on, yeah, that absolutely has something to do with it. Um, and and now we're sitting here, what seventh win out of ten games. Yeah, third row victory, beat the Bulls. Here, here's the deal, yeah. too. Here's the deal, too, is about this game. What was, what was John's stat line last night? What okay, was like 19 and- he was 19 and 14, 23 points, uh, nine assists, three steals, only two turnovers, uh, five of seven from the free throw line. But yeah. here's, the, here's, the, here's the thing. Here, here's the, my other takeaway about this game before we move on. I got a couple more before, before we go. Is that, all right, they go three of 18 from three pointers. The Wizards do. Yeah. Otto sits out the second half for back spasms. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, that, that, to- that totally went under the radar for some yeah, reason. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, Kelly Oubre, who just turned 21 yeah. recently. It, it, I'm not going to speculate, but let me speculate. He had a good time on the half night uh, the night before in Chicago. Uh, I, tweeted, I yeah. tweeted this out. He was fucking awful. He was terrible. Turning the ball over, even in key situations in the game. Making terrible plays. He was insequential. In- in- and the Wizards win by ten on the road, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, for for, for like, Ubre, for yeah, Ubre, right, it's, hard, right? it's 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 hard to play with double vision if you're Ubre. You know, I mean, what one night after your birthday? Yeah, well, you know? well so, last week I mean, was his birthday. To be fair, it was like four nights prior. But like first okay, night, yeah. first night out to really be in a cool town, right? Uh, right, like in the Chicago. But like, but here's the deal: is what I was, what I, the point I was trying to make is that like this is a the game they should lose, right? And they and they win and they win convincingly and they make the plays at the end. They finish it out. Wall yeah. makes a we got a we got an early dagger by Buckhands, right? We got Wall yeah, coming it's in super early. Yeah, uh, it was, like, it was ten left. points with like a minute left. But like you yeah. know, all Wizards fans listening, they know the Suns Wizards. Like I don't know what dagger they want. Like they need a dagger with like ten seconds left, up seven, right? right? But like up ten with a minute, you know, I'm still kind of I'm still kind of worried as you all should be. And I thought the refs sucked. I thought the refs were against them. They played through it. And yeah. But, but it was really impressive is that Wade, Rondo, and, and, and Butler didn't really get to the free throw line in the second half as much. And it was a lot of defense to, to, to force them to making these, especially, right. especially Butler, to make these difficult mid-range shots. And Wade 
front page on ESPN.com today was about Wade talking about how we can't give all these uh, shots shots to Butler. And I was like, wow, he's bitching about a basketball game, and it's when the Wizards win. I was so excited. Right. I, was, I was like, this lead story, number three, or like number four or five on, on ESPN.com was basically a Wizards game, and it's about the Wizards beating someone and how right. the other team is flustered. And I I enjoyed that. And Rondo, oh, my God, so bad. Let me tell you something about Rondo. How bad was Rondo? How bad was Rondo? Yeah, let me, let me tell you something about Rondo. Watch stuff like a, a motherfucker. I'm going gonna, I'm to give you a fun fact here. Yes. Do you know another reason why the Wizards should have lost this game last night? Because this season, when Rajon Rondo has 10 or more assists, the Bulls have not lost. They're five. They they were five and zero. Oh. Rondo got ten assists last night, and this is the first game where Rondo has that good of a game assist wise, and they lose. But you know why they did lose? Because yes. Rondo shot the ball one for ten. Yes, I was about to say that. He, was running he I mean, Four listen. Turnovers. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Rajon Rondo has been one of my favorite point guards of of, of recent history. I would say not of all time. <laughs> But recent history, because in terms of purity as a point guard, as a facilitator, as a passer, Rondo has been with the best of them. Um, and one 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 way that relates to Wall is because Wall and Rondo, to a certain degree, uh, similarly have been terrible shooters. But what, but when you look at Rondo, I mean, he hasn't improved at all shooting the ball. I mean, Wall's gotten good. Wall's become somewhat of a threat. He can get hot. And shoot the ball well from anywhere. Rondo is absolutely terrible shooting the ball, uh, just as bad as he was in his early Boston days. And I mean, he shot one for ten last night, and that's ten shots. That's ten shots you're taking away from from Wade or Butler or, frankly, anybody else. Miritich, McDermott. You know, I mean, ten shots. That's too many for for Rondo, and especially too many when you're only making one of those shots. Well, I'll, I will piggyback on that because there was a key possession in the last two minutes of uh, last night's game where last two minutes, Rondo, like, Wall left Rondo, and Rondo had the whole way, I mean, it's not like he could get a layup, but he had the whole right side of, of the basket, and he decides, yeah. he decides not to take the 8-footer or 10-footer jumper and kick it back out to Jimmy Butler, who takes a contested three and misses it. That's a better shot. That's a better shot. <laughs> no, I know, but like, it was like, it was, an ex- it was an example that he misses yeah. it, but it was an example. Yeah. It was like, well, Wall would have taken that, right? You know what I mean? Wall, like, yeah, I, Wall, Wall takes that 10 out of 10. Yeah, yeah. I well, mean, but, but it was like, okay, well, Rondo had, I think Rondo made his first shot against, against the Wizards and then missed him next nine. And then there were so many, there's a great picture on Monumental, uh, photo pictures that maybe I'll have on uh, this podcast where it was just like Rondo looking the other way where John Wall is just racing by him for for a left-handed dunk. Did you uh, did, yeah, did you I, see the did you see the picture we we tweeted today? Was it uh, Gore, Gore it, 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 it was a screenshot. No, no, it was a screenshot of of Wall just gunning right at Rondo and Rondo's lit, Rondo's obviously running in front of him to keep up with him. But the screenshot, when you screenshot it, it looks like Rondo's running away from Wall. Yeah, uh, it's 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 a real it's a classic picture. I mean, it just it just tells you everything about that matchup last night. Well, before, um, before I go, uh, Wade was negative uh, eleven plus minus Gibson, who should have minus had, twenty, yeah. who should have had twelve fouls, was uh, negative twenty. He only never threw G- fouls. G- Gibson, Gibson, Gibson reminds me of a 
like a stubborn octopus. He's <laughs> so long. He's got so much he length. All he does is push. He and he fouls. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he makes a lot of contact. He makes yeah. a lot well, of contact. Good. I mean, it's like one of those players that you want him on your team, but he's not. And Oh, yeah. Definitely. In Rondo was really bad. So so here we are. We're 13-15. We're feeling good. Before we go, or not before we go, we have a couple more comments to, to make before uh, this podcast is over. But, uh, uh, Abdullah, like, so it, Wall gets interviewed with Buck and Phil, and he mentions, uh, hey guys, uh, I forget his exact, his exact quote, I think I should probably put it in the podcast, like, you guys have a good night, because I know I will. You behave, because I know I'll have a good night. So, what was Wall up to last night in Chicago? What do you think he was doing? He basically is like, I'm going to cause some trouble in Chicago last night. Before I go to Milwaukee, right? Like, he's just yeah. like, I'm going to, I'm going to, because right now the Wizards are right now in Milwaukee. They play Friday night in Milwaukee. We're recording this on Thursday. Yeah. So they got an off night. They probably don't fly to Milwaukee till right. you know, late afternoon ish. So he's got the whole night, you know? I think I think a lot of ones, so, a lot of ones being thrown around. A lot, a, lot, a lot of ones being thrown around. A lot of um, selfies being taken. A lot of um, uh, selfie music videos being shot in the car because Wall <laughs> loves Wall loves himself some selfie music videos. Um, and so so and I'm pretty sure probably Jimmy Butler is probably in a, in a car behind him um, for sure. Um, and yes, there is a lot of ones. Stashed. Uh, do they uh, go stashed. to the, Do they go to the strip club or do they just go to the straight club with with a girl's Harlan? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, 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 are you asking if both. they do go to strip clubs? No, 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 no. Like last night, does he go? Yeah. He talked about partying. Like obviously they're gonna get like whatever. But here, here's well, the thing. Here's the thing he, about the people. Here's he, the thing he, about the people listening. Like we know a lot about these basketball players when they like. Like you know, live in their cities. But we don't travel with them, so it's really hard to know what they're actually doing on the road. Not that I really care. No judging, because I do the same shit when I travel. But are they gonna go to like, yo, like, where's the strip club we need to go to, or it's just like, what's the hot club on Wednesday night? You know, some promoter dude. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure. I mean, as, as a celebrity, as an athlete, I mean, you, you, there's a ton of people that either you know personally or they know you. So there, there's gonna be. Somebody, somebody, somebody. Like Ashon Jeffrey up. for the Bears shows up, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, all these, all these guys know each other. They're they're texting each other, and they know when they're in town. I'm pretty sure. And so there, there's there's probably there's, there's some connection that's communication between either Wall to them or them to Wall. But plans are being made. Honestly, in between games on the road, I'm not sure how much Wall's probably walling out. Um. I'm, well, he, called, so, he called his wilding out, though. What's that? He, I, said, I, he said he's wilding out. He yeah, said yeah, he yeah, I know. He literally called him out. Here's the deal. I know Buck and Phil are just going to get a scotch at the hotel bar and go to bed. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. But Wallace going to be like, yo, 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 hey, man. Like, yo, McClellan. Yo, 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 Ubre. Let's go to the spot. I know the scotch. Yeah, well, they're, they're, up, they're right? definitely taking Ubre out because they probably haven't gone out with him yet. Yeah, yeah right? And McClellan so, like McClellan, it was McClellan's birthday too, by the way. I forgot to tell you that part. Which, by the way, oh yeah, also yeah, has some good run. Some, did, uh, yeah, also, also has some good run in the second half, by the way. Well, you know, I was actually listening to um, Mike Prada and Andrew Sharp's uh, podcast earlier today, and they mentioned Sheldon McClellan 
Uh, no, no, no. It was actually Ben Standig's. Sorry, man. Sorry, guys. Yeah, Ben Standig. Shout out to Ben. But uh, are, are, you mentioned... are, you, are you trying to tell people to listen to other podcasts? Come on now. No, no, no. No, Ben's my friend. You can say that. <laughs> but McClellan, McClellan, I think he's clocked about 16 points um, in games where he's not playing in Chicago. In Chicago, yes. he's clocked almost uh, 50, 50-something minutes, 54 minutes. Uh, McClellan's play because remember Wall and Beal didn't play in the first game in, at, at at Chicago. Uh, Sato and uh, and McClellan started, um, so McClellan got a lot of burn against the Bulls team earlier this season last month, and so fittingly he got some more last night for his birthday. Um, so so, I, so you feel like Ubre Wall. Ubre Wall. Oh, I, I Daniel House is there. Even a Chefu. Like, they're bringing all those cats. Hey, right? hey, hey! And somehow I see Markeith. Markeith is like the bouncer dude in the back, just like kicking it. Yeah, in the boom boom room. Does Glenn Consor make a cameo? Oh Jesus! Yes, uh, yes, he could. Uh, you know, <laughs> thank God I'm not on the road. I'd be in all sorts of trouble. Like Comcast <laughs> would hate me. But here's the okay. Let's move on. Okay, so. Seven out of ten, four out of five. What what have you seen? What what would you? What's your take of what is the turnaround here, bro? Like, what do you? What do you, you know? I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves about this team, but there, we are on positive pixel territory. People listening now finally can listen to this instead of therapy on their on their podcasts on their way to their shitty ass relatives. Uh, or on their on their trips or wherever they're at, listening to this. But I want to know why you think that this team has done so well over here in the last two or three weeks. Well, I think for for one, it's what has changed. What has changed? Well, what, what what has changed? I think overall, generally speaking, what has changed is for for one, the Wizards are healthy, and outside of you know Mahimi, obviously, but the Bradley Beal has remained healthy. And he's finally gotten the chance to be consistent, consistently on the floor, and fully showcase how much he's developed. That's one thing. I mean, it, and 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 that's you know talking about contract no these days, right? Exactly, and yeah, that, right? That, that's behind him. He's getting paid, and he's put the whole the whole this phantom feud between him and Wall behind him. And I think they're really ready to kind of two years ago, three years ago, they were in talks legitimately as being the best or one of the best backcourts in the league. And I think they've realized that they haven't been nearly close to that as a duo. Wall's been phenomenal. Beal finally showing up as well. And the two are clicking. And they are in the driver's seat of this Wizards team um, and their path to success. That, and that's hands down. It starts with them and it ends with them. Um, and so with them playing well, um, and the team just generally playing hard, and like we, we've told, we talked about the resilience. Um, and if you look at their schedule, if you look at their wins and losses from the beginning of the season, even as bad as they were with the six and 12 record, um, and struggling, they never really got blown out besides the first game against Atlanta. So bad start and against San Antonio, but overall they've been in games. They fought until the end. And now, that that effort, that willpower, that firepower is 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 paying off positively for them now over the last few games. That's what's been the turnaround. Um, and, you know, is the success fleeting or is it 
something to build on. I think it's a little bit of both. Like again, like I mentioned, outside of their core, Wall, Beal, and Otto, who've been absolutely magnificent, um, there's still a lot of holes on this team. And you know, like you said, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves because there's still a lot that needs to be worked on, a lot to to grow on, a lot of things that are going to be more significant as the season wears on. And as we get to closer and closer to April and May, um, when when things get tougher, you get more fatigued, you get more tired, you go on road trips, and there's going to have to be players that are going to step up outside of just these three guys. Uh, we talked about Keith, we talked about the bench. Um, and so as the team continues to reach this, this success, this recent success, um, and we're seeing things improve in, other er- in, in certain areas, the hope is that these other holes will be filled as well. Yeah, I, I I did some stats. I crushed some stats. I, once again, people don't realize that I actually do some preparation here for the podcast. So in these last ten, yeah. in these last ten games, uh, currently the Wizards are thirteenth in office efficiency in the league NBA. But in the last uh-huh. ten games, they're sixth in the NBA. Wow, for, for point for offensive efficiency, right? And, and they they are right. eighth in net rating between offense and defense in the last ten games. I mean that is that is why they should be seven and three. And let's talk about Bradley Beal's stats. He is averaging twenty two point seven points a game. Obviously, a career high. He averages sixteen points. Uh, he is shooting. Uh, 49% from the field. He is shooting 40% from three-point range. Let's talk about John Wall. John Wall. Oh, my goodness. Let's talk about John Wall stats. He uh, leads the league in steals, which Buck Hans loves to talk about pretty much every two seconds on the broadcast. But John Wall is averaging 23.7, 24 points a game. John Wall is averaging. He averages 18 career 18 points, and John Wall is averaging almost 24. <laughs> and, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can go through this, I can go through the rest of the stats, like steals and assists and threes and, and field goal percentage. The other thing that stands out for me about them is John Wall is shooting 81% from, from the free throw line, and Bradley is shooting 81% from the free throw line as well. The same amount. And if you go back to when when Paul Pierce was came to this team two years ago, he told them that like, yo, bro, why do you you guys should shoot more than like mid to low seventies from the free throw line? And then and then yeah. he said that, and it never happened. And here it is; they've had a jump two years later. And I know this is like a middle school thing, but the fact that remains is that John Wall and Bradley Beal have got their free throw percentage up to the 80 percent. And last year we had nobody shoot, shot eight percent, and the whole fucking team. Think about that. No one shot eight yeah. percent. The whole team, which no one really wants to care about. Commercial break time. Yes, I have a sponsor. Sneakers. S n e k i s dot com. Yes, it is too late for any Christmas presents, but you can still get a late holiday gift. They have free shipping when your order is over fifty dollars, and at checkout you get ten percent your order when you enter picks on roll. Hats, hoodies, T-shirts, baby gifts, 
DMV Sports Apparel. Very, very cool. And in the process, you help support this Wizards Independent Media that's not owned by Ted Leonsens or Comcast. All right, back to the show. Scotty Brooks. All right, you're, okay, two, two questions to you about Scotty Brooks. One, how is he different from Randy Whitman talking when you interview? I know you probably have asked a question to Scott Brooks. Uh, and then I want to know about style or the game or whatever. But just start with what is it like to cover this basketball team when Scott Brooks is the head coach compared to when you covered it when uh, Randy Woodman coached it? Uh, uh, it's, yeah, what, what a question, Adam. What a question. That it's fast. Yeah, no, it, it, well, it's a good one because it's, it's one thing that, you know, as, as a member of the media, as, as a person who conducts these interviews every, uh, you know, often, um, you, you think about how things change and how, uh, what it would be like with a different coach. And I thought about that often with Randy Whitman because, um, with Randy Whitman, um, it, 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 he didn't give you, uh, the feeling like, you know, uh, it's, it's hard, it's hard to put words with Scotty Brooks when you're talking talking to him he kind of he, he kind of levels down with you and i think that, that kind of, it's a testament to how he coaches as well but he's like that with everyone he kind of levels with you looks at you in the eye and kind of just really answers your question um and and answers them honestly and not to say that whitman wasn't honest but whitman had certain things about him a lot very condescending sometimes um he kind of made it known when he didn't like a question that was being asked even though it was a, a good question a legitimate question um kind of seemed like he took certain things personal um, and then we saw the way he called out, you know, Michael Lee after, you know, you know, Lee had a fair, fair, you know, Mike had a good, a fair report about Wall and, and the doctors and, and, and things that, that were was said, that was, that was things that were said, things that were, yeah. And so, and so anytime Whitman didn't like something, um, said or asked by the media, um, he kind of just wrote, wrote them off. Um, and not, not in a, and necessarily a nasty way, but just in a way where you just feel, you just feel like shit, you know, and, and that's kind of how he came off certain times. And with Scotty, honestly, I haven't done a ton of games this year. Um, but, but he's really different in that regard in terms of, um, how he responds, uh, how, how he talks and how he levels down with you. And in terms of him being a coach, I think Scotty Brooks is doing everything that a new coach on a new team uh, with coaching new players, not only new players to him, but new players to each other uh, themselves. I mean, the entire bench is revamped. So he has to kind of manage all that um, and kind of figure out what works best, which rotation, what players to play at, what, what point of the game. Those things take time. And you kind of realize that when you watched the Wizards um, throughout the season from, from, from the beginning up until now, and you kind of realize if you really pay attention that you know Scotty Brooks all of the most of the time what he was doing was just kind of trotting out and experiencing um, trying to get trying to get a feel for different lineups which ones work best. He a lot of times he probably knew that the lineup that was going to be out on the floor probably wasn't going to be very good, but he had to figure out where they where the shortcomings were, where the weaknesses were, um, and kind of from that kind of build from that and kind of figure out which which players to put in. That that's that's a lot harder than people imagine. Obviously, again, we're prisoners of the moment, and all we can do is just uh, react to what we see on the floor, uh, mindless of, of, of what's really going on. Um, but I think Scotty has done... Um, it's showing now that he's kind of done a pretty good job in, in, in getting 
familiarizing himself with the whole process um, with the Wizards. Um, we're seeing a lot of lineups that are working out. I mean, obviously he's realized that small ball is one of the better lineups. Um, and so he implements that at the proper times of the game. Um, and another thing is that, you know, it really seems like the players want to win for him. Um, that shows through the team's resilience. The fact that they're in these games to the, to the very end shows that um, they're really invested in these games. And, and I'm sure I mean, it, it, there's no question that Brooks has a lot to do with that. No, you know, I think the, the, my criticism to Scott early on was just him throwing shit on the wall on the second unit, trying to make shit work, especially with Thornton or Smith or Nicholson to a certain extent and Trey Burke and but like what else does he have to work with you know this is what you know a team president for life has gave him right yeah I mean one thing sorry to cut you off but to that point um, one of the things I always thought about Scotty was what goes on in his mind when he actually has when he looks at his bench and he's like you know what am I working with here sometimes yes Um, the rookie uh, or like the other guy cold right like what are you doing right like yeah, so, but yeah, go ahead. And, and then, no, 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 it's also it's like you got Beal, who's fragile, and yeah. you, got, you got Wall coming off two knee surgeries. So he knows he can't press them as much, so he was working with that constraints as well, correct? And and when I, when I, when I, the positives I would say about Scott, aside from the whole just him being more applicable to the media, which anyone listening to this doesn't give a fuck about whether or not like Randy Whitman was a dick to me, which he was, and Scotty Brooks has been nice to me, which he has been. But but you as a fan, like, do you really give a shit about that? You really don't, right? Right. This is more like a media thing, but it's also the truth. <laughs> and, and and what I like about Scott is that he has been flexible, and like like. And here's an example. Let's go back to the Bulls game, right? So here you go. You talked about how McClellan had a good night in Chicago over. And he probably knew that. Here it is. Otto has back spasms. Who should go in? Ubre should go in. But Ubre looked like he just was hung over. Like I mentioned, hung over all night, played terrible. He puts in McClellan, who makes a good shot, plays some D on Wade and Butler. Is okay, and he pushed the right buttons there. Like he knew that, right? right. I know it's a subtle thing, right? You know, and the, in the it, well, it's it's not it's it's it is subtle, but it kind of it goes back to you know him being a player's coach. It has, but but also build the confidence of the rookie guy to be well, like, that, well, I'm just not gonna the, throw the guy it, in when it doesn't absolute, matter or it doesn't matter absolutely. to be like, hey, I believe and, and in the, you now, right? Yeah, and and a, and a guy that really gets a feel for his players, it it it, it works for Brooks and in more than one way. For example, I mean, you mentioned he didn't put Ubre in, instead he put McClellan in because he knew Ubre was having a bad night. Well, that kind of applies to why haven't we seen um, Andrew Nicholson play uh, significant minutes, even though he's getting paid, you know, eight million dollars a year? Well, it's because Scotty knows he's not going to get anything out of him. Because he hasn't given anything. Well, I mean, oh, we'll maybe, 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 one, maybe, maybe one of those elusive. Well, maybe one no, of those no, elusive. Nicholson, had, Nicholson made two threes against the Pacers the night before. Right. But, but he knew that, that this is not the good matchup. But that's it. Because Todd Gibson will just but, destroy him, right? Yeah, multiple games, though, overall. I mean, we see that Nicholson hasn't hasn't showed up on the floor. But going back to Brooks, this is, this is what Brooks knows. He knows when 
and where his players um, play their best um, or play their worst. And so part, that, that goes back to having that, ha- having that player's coach mentality uh, not only means just to be able to resonate with their players, but to really know um, where they are in terms of um, their mindset um, and, and their involvement and their, their, their investment in the game. No, I agree. In the when when he was hired, I remember it was I remember that Ted Leonis has talked about how he hired him because he was so good at offense and defense and developing young players, and he felt like it was a throwaway line or whatever. And then, what, what do we know? You know what Zach Lowe talks about? What everyone talks about? Everyone knows about Scott Brooks. Was like, yo, dude, you just gave the ball to Russ and Durant, right? And he just he did what they did. And, Bailed them out, yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, now that you look at, like, I think that's maybe the best play, right? If I was, if I was coaching the Thunder, I mean, I coached seventh grade basketball. I have two really good players. I think I would just give the ball to them, right? Yeah. Right? So then there was this thing where he said, like, his offense was so good. He had a good offensive mind. And I was like, okay, Ted, the God, again, Ted has to criticize you of some shit, but... What I've seen, the reason this team, like I mentioned, this team has been the sixth best team offensively in the last last three weeks in the NBA. And the yeah. reason is, it's not because, I mean, it is because Buell's hitting shots and Wall is doing his wall things, but it also is on a Porter Gortat pick and rolls. It's also because he has put, he has put Trey Burke on the off ball with John Wall and played them together. Right. He has right. he has decided to put some pick and rolls with Markeith Morris in Otto or Beal. He has right. done, he has done something. He has gone small. Like there has been creative things that I can point to. Not you can say like he did these things and say like this is why they have the one like, the sixth best offense in the last two or three weeks. It is like, but he has changed it up, and things have worked. And I have to give him his creative mind on that now. Right. Putting it plain, Jason Smith and Marcus Thornton so much will drive me insane. But a lot of Jason Smith is because Yamahimi has been hurt, and I don't know why he plays Marcus Thornton. You can blame Ernie Grunfeld for that. But, but like you mentioned, Marcus Thornton hit a crazy fadeaway against the Bulls out Boy, of nowhere. Yeah, out of nowhere. And then he made a steal. He made a steal. And then, and then Trey Burke made a crazy couple crazy shots because he can get his. Yeah. But it's still Trey Burgers at the backup point guard. We need Sadoransky to do these things. And I, and I feel like there's still these things where I can criticize. I can go on to Scott Brooks and criticize the Thornton overplaying or how is Sadoransky is not developing is the way I should when he showed flashes. But overall, I would say it's a B-plus here for, for Scott Brooks. Yeah, it's, it's, it's still relatively early in the season if we're, you know, Grade wise, looking at it, I, yeah, I agree. Well, yeah, I mean, well, th- thirty games in, so I mean, we, we still have some room um, wh- for for Brooks to be able to address those other things. Um, but, you know, but, don't, do, but, but don't you love the fact that, like, like when we looked at Whitman, where Whitman was like, okay, young guy, you did some good shit, you're buried, or like right. n- now it's like, oh, we're just gonna keep going with Gortat and Nene forever, this lineup forever, even though it's like, yo, hey, it's not working, change it up. And like, and yeah, no, no, and, yeah, yeah. And he would just change it up in the second quarter just to see what happens. If it works, then he'll play it out, right? Exactly, and and and, and that we never that saw just, that with Whitman at all, right? And 
from from the beginning, Brooks kind of uh, appointed himself as being, um, you know, an earn your minutes type of type of coach, um, and it goes back to him, you know, being able to really resonate with with his players, and he has a passion for for developing players, and I think part of that comes from OKC. Uh, part of that comes from seeing these two superstars kind of grow. Uh, you know, from being, you know, these young players who were, hadn't really morphed into superstars and kind of see them grow into that. Um, and it kind of is paying off for Brooks as he applies that experience now in 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 in, in, in Washington. Um, and so that's why Uber is getting those minutes. And I think Sadoretsky will too. I think he'll come around. Um, Brooks kind of explained the reason why he isn't playing. Um, talking defense, about you know that, shit, well right? well defense, but also said that he's he's waiting for Sadoransky to kind of boost I mean, himself Sadoransky a little bit. Should be the backup point guard. I mean, and, and, happen, and right? I think and I think and I think Scott Brooks knows that as well and is working towards that. Um, he did mention that Sadoransky has some issues with you know his self confidence, and I think and Scott Brooks might have a point. I mean, this is a little bit of an overwhelming venture for uh, Sanoransky to come to America and play a whole different kind of ball game. Well, I mean, he did airball um, he he did, he did a three-pointer, right. and then he did get blown by, like, multiple <laughs> times the other night. Like, uh, yeah, I yeah. can't make so, that up. So those things yeah. are happening on the floor, and I think Scotty Brooks sees that and, and probably realizes that, okay, let's let's work on some mental things with Sanoransky first, get him, get him a little bit more confident. To, but he has the point guard. Look. He has the point guard skills where I don't see him with Trey. Oh, he does. He absolutely does. Yeah. Have you see him with yeah. Trey Burke and, at all? I mean, I yeah. see Trey Burke. He can get some buckets here and there, and he's done some good things here in the last, like you know, a couple weeks on the uh, on the second unit. Yeah. But I just don't see him running the offense. Yeah. No. But Burke, needs, Burke is right? like a Burke is like a point guard bot. You know, he's like he's just he's just there to just kind of like pass time while Wall rests um, and just kind of manage the game. Uh, just not not screw things up. Previous backup point guards for the Wizards kind of screwed things up on on the on the floor, and we're not going to start naming names now right now because we're probably getting towards the end of the of the uh, podcast of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's and it's been all good talk, so we don't want to talk about. Well, let's uh, talk about this. Let's, talk, let's let's go positive pixels. What yeah. is what has been your most surprising thing of the season so far? Uh, the most surprising thing. Positive uh, pixels. Positive pixels. Yeah, Ted no, the no. Ot- uh, Ted Leotis, <coughs> like, 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 yo, dude, we're gonna put on Ted's take. We're the most, the most, the most surprising thing, and I, I, I want to say this is more of a stunning thing. Um, and we've been talking about Bill all, 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 all podcast long, but we're gonna talk about him. I'm gonna say the most surprising thing in the, in the, in the effect of him being as healthy as he's been so far. I don't want to jinx it. Oh, my God. I swear to God, I'm going to jinx it. Right I, I, wish I, I, wish, I wish I Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, I don't... I don't. Yeah, okay. Bro. I, got, I, got, I, got some, I got some crown molding. Just say Merry Christmas. Say Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry there Christmas. There you go. There you go. Listen. The, the proud Beal, Muslim dude say Merry Christmas. Yeah. So I'll make the people yeah, I, know I, I, right? I'm, I'm stunned. I'm stunned. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stunned that Beal has remained um, healthy enough to really play as well as he has. It's been the most pleasant surprise. Um, for the Wizards, and and it's it's really what's turned this team around. It starts with him, um, and so yeah, I would say I'm surprised he's been, that he's, he's been, been able. He's, he's been, been able, he's been ever able since to, he got hurt. He's yeah, out three I mean, games. He, I mean, we're talking about his, we're talking we're about, talking about like, that, like 
all-star level, 25 a game yeah. since he got and hurt. We're talk- I mean, we're talking about a guy who, even when he was healthy in previous seasons, you know, we had to deal with the minutes restriction. We just never were able to really get um, full-blown panda on the floor. Dude, how about the, really play, how about the playmaking in Bradley? And the, play, and the, play, the, the playmaking. Right? Even, 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 even Gortat on the, uh, on the, on the, on the pick-and-roll side. Pick-and-roll. It's not so great. Dude, he's not so, great. He's, he's been so good at like. It's been, I mean, been passing. Especially his, his like left hand finish has been great. Or yeah. like him, like him, like the step back has been good. Like his ability to let me play t- make for others has been amazing. Yeah. Let me say one last thing about Beal. Um, what what makes him the biggest threat now is that defenses are forced to game plan for him, and it it gives the Wizards another legitimate threat on the floor. That defenses have to focus on because when Beal's making plays off the ball, with the ball, passing the ball. I mean, like you said, the pick and roll with Gortat, they've been great, but he's threading the needle with these passes. I mean, he's just he's getting the ball um, around on offense, whether it's in his hands or if he's passing it to other players. He's something that the that, that defenses have to game plan for, and that takes attention away from Wall to Beal, from uh, attention on Beal to someone else. I mean. That is one underlying threat that the Wizards have now is a guy that can truly, truly uh, make defenses uh, work hard to defend. You know, I, I think that my mo- the biggest surprise to me personally has been John Wall. I, I know it's I know it's a, I know it's a, a bullshit answer in a way <laughs> because it's like here's the All Star the, the franchise player, right. but dude, he had multiple knee surgeries not very yeah. long ago. And I was thought we had some so wizards potential, <laughs> like a lot. Like I thought that he would miss games. You're gonna yeah, and you're gonna I, write I, off I, John. I, I, only I, only two knee surgeries. You're gonna write off John. Yeah Wall? yeah yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. One one major, one minor. And then, I'm sorry. I, yeah. I, I haven't I haven't I haven't watched his uh his his video his comeback video, but dude, last year if you remember, yeah, he was out of shape the first month of the season. Right. So terrible. He misses free throws so bad. And then we got in. I think that's the last time I had you on the podcast, actually. We talked about that. And, like, he all of a sudden, out of nowhere, so, like, you're in shape after two new knee surgeries, more so than you were last summer. Right? Yep. Like, And then I thought, like, oh, yeah, we would have some, like, press release that John Wall is going to miss the like, first 10 games of the season. And all this, he is put up career numbers, all star yeah. level MVP, all NBA numbers. I mean, I know we have all these people. Like he literally has done shit that that he has never done his whole career. Yeah, and here I yeah. am. That is, it should not surprise me that John has that capability. But my expectations, which never, I guess, should have been low. But my expectations were in the sense that like. You know, everything we've ever known about the Wizards, about how the injuries happen, where the press releases come, and we're going to get into Yon Mahimi because it's coming. But what I'm saying is that is that he has been phenomenal. He's been great. And that, and that the early part of the season has been difficult and frustrating because him and Beal and, Beal and Otto have played so well, and the team is struggling, especially Otto's breakout. Yeah. And... 
they were not winning, and that's what that's what got you to where it's on PTI, and he goes for fifty, and Deadspin, and every blog bitching about how the Wizards suck, and you know I did a whole podcast, and we wrote about it. But here's the deal: is that John Wall is keen to play, and it's been remarkable to see John Wall go from knee surgery to immediately All Star level, the best he's ever played. And so I just want to say that that has been very surprising to me. Three three games this year, he's tallied fifteen or more assists. Yeah, um, and yeah, he's the league in steals. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, Buckets I mean, loves that stat, by the way. Buckhead from from, from from the angle that you 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 described. Um, there's no question that you should be surprised to a certain degree that Wall has been able to play this well. I, there's no surprise that Wall is playing. No, no, not capable. Right. And, 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 I, and I get that. Right. Out, but right? yeah, but 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 to play at this level, um, it certainly is remarkable. Um, after after the the endurance of two uh, double knee surgery, and, and, you know, it's a testament to his improved work ethic. I'm sure um, he's probably been working out. Um, all summer long um, and worked it out, you know, past the surgeries, probably in the middle of surgery, what have you. Um, and because to put up these kind of numbers, uh, you know, career high in points this year, twenty career high in points per game so far, um, you know, leading the league in steals. Do shoot uh, three-pointers better than shooting, yeah. had? Like yeah. Th- so, a threat? Yeah, I mean, he's shooting – this this past in the month of December, I mean, I'm scrolling through his game yeah, log right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this the month of December, he's shooting the ball from the field, fifty percent, forty nine point three percent on nineteen shots per game. So he's putting up twenty shots a game and shooting them at fifty percent. Here's the here's the deal for everyone listening. When you watch these Wizards games, it's not like you just feel like Wall, Wall is just taking it over, right? Like he's still passing everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you don't feel like Wall is just like you right. Know, I mean, it's not he, like you he, watch the games and you just feel like, okay, Wall, I'm just gonna get mine tonight. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna a, get mine, a, but I'm still gonna get others, right? He's, I mean, he's, he's still he, doing he's, that, right? He's, he's, he's still he's doing a, John Wall shit that you know him. As he's, a player. he's accounting. He's accounting for roughly, I mean, 24 points plus 10 assists. So that's at least 44 points. But you know, a ton of these are threes. So he's he's accountable for about. Close to sixty points per game. He made three. For the Wizards three this he made three threes his whole second year of his career. Three. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Actually, let's just start here before we get into the pixels. This is a good segue before we end this. Is that where are we? So, so when John Wall goes for fifty, gets Orlando, and I did a whole podcast with Adam Rubin, and we went into Ted Leonsis and, and Ernie Grunfeld. Everyone should go listen and go back and listen to that podcast. It's it's us ranting. Adams is long, uh, long time season ticket holder. It's very. Uh, I went off a lot of rants too. But the thing is, here's the deal: is that like, do you feel because the need, the media narrative was like, you got to trade John Wall, trade John Wall. Me and Adam disagreed for obvious reasons. Uh, where are you at with John Wall in this franchise? I know we're thirteen and fifteen, but we're still. Tenth in the NBA, I mean, I'm sorry, the Eastern Conference. And where where do you feel? Where, I guess my my question before you feel is when you hear people say trade John Wall, like what is your take? Man? Uh, it, it, it's more saddening than anything else because um, I don't think that it's really a matter of them being irrational. Um, I think that it, well, it depends on, on how 
what what your specific take is on the idea of of Wall being traded. Now, me 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 in particular, I'm on the fence about Wall staying or going. I don't think Wall is going to go. I don't want Wall to go. But the fact of the matter is, in terms of where this team is going and where they're headed, um, the Wizards don't have much time to really turn the Wizards into the team that Wall wants to be. And that that's what I'm afraid of, is that where where does Wall feel that this team is going in terms of you know the, the success as a whole and what what it does for him as a player as as being marketable i mean the guy still doesn't have a shoe deal he still complains about not being put on a billboard um and these are all legitimate concerns and legitimate complaints um or legitimate issues that he's, he's having and he is the 10th basketball player in the world right right, now, and, right? Yeah, and, he, and he's and he's continuously top 10, getting, top 10 basketball player in the world john Wall. right right, right? yeah yeah is, I, is, I, is I, he I, disagree with so, that yeah. No, I don't think so. And and so and, and on top of that, his team is perpetually bad. Um, his his general manager they're declining. is declining. They're, they're declining. Is, right? is, yeah, and, is, and 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 like I mentioned earlier, I mean the team is probably you know one bad season again from going back to square one and rebuilding, and possibly who knows what happens if this team completely uh, regresses this season and misses the playoffs for the second straight season. There's going to be obviously change being made, hopefully starting with Ernie and then moving on to the new G. So all these things are up in the air for Wall. And, and Wall's head, I don't think he really has a clear vision of where this team is going or what his future is in particular. And, and he's playing the best basketball of his life. Too, and he's playing right? the best basketball of his life. So he knows, he knows he's marketable both as a celebrity, as an athlete, as having value, but he's also but he's also loyal I, though too, bro. And he's right? loyal, but and, and that's what I'm saying. It would shock me, you know. He's loyal. He's loyal. He's loyal. He's loyal about, more than Durant. He's loyal more than LeBron. Oh, yeah. He's it's, way it's, more it's loyal admirable. than that. His loyalty is admirable, and it will be the like, last. He's actually thing. like one of the most characteristics of John Wall. Personally, is like he's so fucking loyal. That doesn't mean he's going to stay right. here, but like he's so loyal, right? No, no. Which, I mean, which he, makes he, it even he, more kind of dicey in a way, right? Uh, you know, and loyalty also has an expiration date for at some point for some of these players. I mean, when Wall becomes a free agent in 2019, uh. That's going to be his eighth, ninth season finished with the Wizards. And it'll kind of be in a similar situation that Kevin Durant was in with Oklahoma City, even though Oklahoma City, he got even further. He individually and as a team getting to the finals, winning the MVP, perpetually being a, a playoff team. But even for Kevin Durant, as loyal as he was to OKC, as far as he got with OKC, um, you know, from the perspective as a basketball player, and as a member of that community, um, but Abdul, do you think these hot takes of like train John Wall are fucking stupid right now? Right? But they're they're stupid because right? I don't know if I call them stupid. I just I, I see they don't make any I see sense. them like, I, I see them coming from people. They're hot takes. Who, they're who, hot takes. Right? Well, well, they're hot takes, but they they're hot takes um, that have a a a kind of a foresight of what may happen in terms of the direction that the Wizards are going. The, some Wizards fans have no hope in the idea that the Wizards are going to turn this thing around in time for Wall's free agency um, to retain him. 
Yeah. You know, they put themselves in wall shoes. I put myself in wall shoes. You put yourself in wall shoes, Adam. Where you're out, you're out, right? And when you're and when you're and when you're out, right? And when you're out, when you're out, you know, who's going to compensate for that? Where does the conversation come from that when you but, walk? Yeah, man, I got a mansion, I think that's I got a mansion where, Falls. I got my mom fan. in Raleigh. That's not very right. far away. Like I got yeah, my, I got but, my, I got my, my people. I got my people close to Verizon <laughs> Center, right? Like I got, I can go to any club where it is. What up, IMDC? So like, I'm not saying like that's not what he's thinking because like, I, mean, I guess I don't know what the destination he wants to go per se, right? Yeah. But it's also if you just look at all these things like. But eventually, it's just like, man, I'm really going to bust out career numbers. And, like, I'm sure I'm going to be an eighth or seventh seed. And fuck this. Right? Yeah. No, yeah. No, right? that, that, that's, that's, that's not going to be a, a winning formula for the Wizards in trying to retain John Wall. Uh, he wants more than that. And I think that he's going to endure the his remaining time in D.C. I don't think he's going to demand to leave. Do you think this is all? This is obviously all conducive for what happens this season and next season, right? So a lot of people, oh, yeah. oh, a lot, yeah. a lot of yeah. fans listen to this and just chill out. When we just talk about like these things, like we're not giving these hot takes of what like you know they talk about on these shows that don't even follow this team. We're just saying yeah. like if we do it because like I still, first of all, one we I don't think they should they should trade John Wall. Second of all, they just invested a shit ton of money in this team. And if they're gonna trade John Wall, it better not be Ernie Grunfeld that does change John Wall, right? You know what I'm saying? That's, right, that's, right, that's, right, the, right? that's the key. That's right? that, that. That's the thing. So that's if you're gonna trade John Wall, or you're gonna tear it down. It better be a new right. GM that tears it down. Uh, yeah. Yes. Right? Absolutely. If not, if not, if you if you literally keep if you literally keep Ernie Grunfeld and trade John Wall, then your ticket sent everyone and all the fans and I guess we'll bitch about. The shit, it's just like, yeah, man. Even if Ernie Grofeld had secured the best trade in in history, like, you know, trading Corny Brown for Juan Butler, for example. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Right, 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 right. That's a great trade, Ernie. Good, good job. Ernie, like, Ernie will like, not right. be the one to bring this thing back to correct, full circle. Correct, right? No. And I feel like that's where a lot of this angst about, like, like not fucking national media bullshit, but, like, people listen to this podcast right now. Like, people listening to us that care about this team, like, that's what gets them apprehensive is the fact that, like, all right, like, do we really have, like, yo, like, I want us to be better. I want us to be more games. Like, I love John Wall. He's so great. Like, but if you say that, like, we have to trade him to get better, then what's this plan? But if you just say we get better and Ernie's the one making the call, no, yeah, man, yeah. fuck that noise, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, you no, know what it's, I mean? it's not, like it's, Joe it's, Smith yeah. or Joe Bob can make that call, but not him, right? Exactly, like, exactly. And, yeah, and anyone's going to pull the trigger on this. And once again, this is years years away. Okay, ready? Okay, what is your biggest disappointment of this season? Oh, it's got to be Mahini, right? Tell the people. It, it, it's 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 start, it's, okay. Why. So so this is kind of like a two part answer because they both both things uh, you know tie into one another. Mahini and the bench. Um, the Wizards invested or, or spent uh, $50 million um, to revamp the bench. And, $64, and million, got, $64 million. Six, okay, wow. Okay. No, no, no. Actually, so, I mean, Mihimi, and we've got, 60, we've no, 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 no. Actually, 64 Mihimi 
And then uh, Nicholson was what? Well, was, a, a, annually, you were spending close to $50 million Correct, correct. On, on Smith and Nicholson and Mahimi. And for me, Mahimi's injury is the biggest disappointment to me. Uh, and there's a couple things that factor into this um, when it comes to my, my feelings. Yeah. One is the fact of the matter is that um, Ernie knew that Mahimi coming in um, is coming off an injury, um, is 30 years old, and is suffering from an injury that 30-year-olds will have a tough time recovering from. And we're seeing that. And we right right now with him being out already all season and an additional six weeks as we as we learned uh, yesterday. So that's the that's the one thing is that we shelled out. Not only did we shell out all this money, but we uh, kind of took that risk, or the Wizards took that risk of bringing in a guy um, that was as injury prone as, as Mahimi was and paying him that much money. Um, the the second part is that I mean Mahimi, uh, what he what he brings on the floor. Um, is so understated. Um, a lot of things that don't show up on the stat sheet. His presence defensively um, is, is so big. Um, his, his size, first of all, he's got deceptive uh, mobility. He can he can he can go across the paint. He can he can he can hedge and get back um, to the rim. Um, he can help defense. He can close out. We saw this in that one small sample size of that one game that he played. Um, and so for, for us to have – that was our top guy coming in. I mean, that was our our consolation for missing out on Kevin Durant as, you know, as, as, as low as that is. But that was our, our prize this past offseason. And to see that completely going to waste in this first half of the season, it's got to be the most disappointing thing. I, I agree. I'm going to piggyback on that. And I will say Andrew Nicholson. All right. Okay. Fair. Okay. Here's the deal about Andrew Nicholson. You know, hey, like everyone said when we signed him for four years, $24 million, $6 million, especially when these contracts are getting thrown out, you know, Evan Turner and Tyler Johnson and fucking Mozgov. I mean, I mean, I mean, these contracts are getting thrown out there for these numbers and they're like, yo, Yo, look at the Wizards making a savvy deal. Savvy signing with Andrew Nicholson. <laughs> Four-year, $24 million. He can't even be a rotation guy, bro. Can't, can't even be a rotation guy. guy. Can't nope. even be it. Can't even be it. And, like, and here it is. Like, even though I said that he had a couple threes the other day, I'm like, I assume that Andrew Nicholson would be like the back of Markeith immediately. Markeith does his Markeith shit, yells at the refs, get a couple fouls. Nicholson comes out, you know, you know, hey, like maybe he misses a couple beats. No, dude, it's like Scott Brooks knows immediately. Like I can't even put him in. I'm like, how the fuck can we not put him in already? Because when I watch him, and you know, you know, God bless uh, Bulls Forever. Uh, a blog of ours, friends in this community, you know, Hoop District is what uh, you write for, uh, Truth About It, all these, pe- all these people, and he had such a great preseason, he rebounded, he was so great, I watched him in this games, man, it was like a motherfucking goddamn slow motion, man, like he was in, he was, <laughs> he was in quicksand, dude, like ready to die or something on his post moves. And then he can't even make these three pointers. 
And then it's like, is that even about him being bad? It's being like, you're so bad on a bad bench historically that you can't even play. Yeah. And, and I no, like, I, I think. Because I had no. Because I had no. I'll tell you, I want you to know your take on him. But, like, I didn't really have that much expectations for Trey Burke. I didn't think he was a point guard. I had no expectations of Marcus Thornton. Jason Smith, I didn't even want him on the team. How the fuck did we even sign for the third year uh, player option? Which, to tell the truth, Jason Smith has actually played pretty well lately. And I have to give people credit. When oh, they, yeah. When they do, he got hurt the other day, and I was like, oh, my God, is it true? On the, <laughs> on the Twitter machine that, like, this is actually key for the Wizards that... We need him to play. But it's like, yo, dude, I just need you to be the eighth or ninth guy on this team. And he has been so bad defensively and offensively that he is he's kind of a spot kind of guy now that, that Brooks has gone to. And just instead of being just like, yo, bro, like someone gets a couple of fouls, he goes in. You know? And so to me, that that's, to me, that has been the most disappointing aspect of this season. From, yeah, it certainly. Ha- it certainly. Ha- I mean, it's, it, go ahead. Yeah, no, keep going. No, I mean, with uh, with with Nicholson, I mean, it, it's hard to really gauge what his purpose is on the floor when he's when he's on there. He, he just comes off. He's been he's been super one dimensional because he doesn't play very good defense. He doesn't do much on offense besides spot up for a three. Um, I, 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 I mean, seen, I, mean I, I, think he get, I think he gets a bucket if he gets a ball. He does, well, he, yeah, but that, yeah, that's not really yeah, the they, offense, they, though, right? They, yeah, you know they, I mean? they run. I've seen him try to post up every now and then. It already looks awkward, um, and so it just. I, I'm still trying to figure out like what is what, what, what is his purpose? What is his identity on the floor? Like what what do the Wizards want out of him? Because he's obviously not doing any of it. Um, and so he's a nice Canadian, kind of boring. You know, looks like he's looks like he's sixty, but he's like twenty six. I feel bad because we're way older than him, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah. But anyway, yeah, keep, man, keep, I mean, keep keep going though. Keep going. But but yeah, I mean, no. I, what else are you going to say about Nicholson? <laughs> the guy can barely he, he's averaging four minutes a game, but there's not much to say about him. But I, I was he's certainly part of that disappointment. Um, that has been, you know, everyone outside of the Wizards' core, um, including Mahimi and, and Nicholson. And, you know, we had, our, like you said, our lack of expectations for, for, for the rest of the guys. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it goes back to, you know, the front office and the guys that are, that are, bringing, that are bringing these guys in and, and paying them um, as much money as they are. Well, the thing, um, is, the thing is, the thing is, like Nicholson is on a four-year contract, man. Like he's yeah, that's the, and that's the thing. Jason it, 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 Smith's on a three-year contract. Like yeah. at least, at least, cat- at least, as much as I'm bitching about like Thornton and Burke, they're on one of your deals, man. You know what I mean? Exactly. And and even though the cap's going to spike again, um, you know the amount of money that we're paying uh, that that the Wizards are paying these guys isn't going to matter much. But you know the longevity of these contracts, these three, four-year contracts, that in itself makes it hard. To kind of move, um, you know, in the event that they decide to, because at this point, I mean, I don't know what else, you know, Nicholson or or any of these other guys are going to really bring. I, I like and Jason Smith. I mean, you brought him up. Um, Where is he? he wow, well, let's talk about Jason Smith. We'll talk about Jason Smith real quick. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. you know, he's 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 really he's really thriving in this pick and pop situation, um, which is all which is all John Wall needs. 
which is all we need off the bench, is him to be able to hit that mid-range jumper. And he's doing it so well because everything. I mean, and he, he's he, he's he's pretty. He got hurt. He got hurt the other night. The, the Pistons game. And I was actually like, actually, yeah, like, no, yeah upset yeah. about it. That, which that, actually, that would. That I've been was ripping a big on his ass. Like I felt like yeah. really like a dickhead. Like I've been ripping on him, and then he got hurt, and then I was like, "Yo, dude, we kind of need him." <laughs> yeah, and I think I think I think what might help him is uh, kind of getting rid of this idea that he's going to be a three point shooter because oh, I don't think his range extends that far. Um, and we're seeing, I've seen the past few games here, um, him really kind of finding a comfort zone in that mid to long range, uh, mid, mid to long two range. Um, and, and especially off the screens, I mean, he's hitting those shots. And like I said, we're not expecting a ton out of Jason Smith. Um, you know, n- nothing more than just, you know, 12 to 15 minutes of some production, you know, get some rebounds, hustle for the ball. Be a presence. You're seven feet tall, almost. Be a presence on defense and hit that jump shot. And I think he's kind of, fall, kind of, you know, falling into that role um, and doing it pretty well. So he's 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 a good presence. Dude, we we are probably the only people talking things about Jason Smith on podcast. So, <laughs> so, so let's finish it out. So here we are, the Wizards, thirteen and fifteen. We play the Milwaukee Bucks Friday night. Uh, we play the Milwaukee Bucks again. So is the Milwaukee Bucks for the third time in like two weeks? We play the Bucks. I don't understand you, uh, NBA schedule makers. And then oh, and, we, we got we we got a back to back with them. Oh, but no, no, not I mean, We play Friday night at Milwaukee, which is tomorrow night, and then we play. Uh, but a, 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 a home and away, so to speak, I guess. Yeah, home and away, correct. And then we play the Pacers on the twenty eighth, yeah. and the Brooklyn at home. Before the new year, and then at Houston, at Dallas, uh, the T Wolves at home, uh, at Milwaukee again because we got to play Milwaukee like four times in two weeks, three weeks, and then uh, Chicago at home, and then at Boston. So here's the thing to you, dude. Do you think like what do you think is the keys for when you look at this schedule? And then you look at this team where they're at right now, and they're playing the best basketball they've had, they played all season. And I've caught you at a, a high note, uh, not when I have to do a podcast in two or three weeks when some of these games go awry. <laughs> where do you where do you feel? Where, what are you feeling like now? Well, I think I think a couple, of, mo- just about all of these games are winnable until you kind of uh, Houston and Boston on the road. Those will be the two the two kind of. Uh, Dallas really, is terrible, us. so we should be Dallas. But Dallas is worse. Yeah, yeah, right. So that's what I mean. Houston, Houston, and Boston; those are the two uh, litmus tests for the Wizards because they're road games so, against uh, also, quality. Teams. Also, Philly at home too, by the way. And, uh, where's Philly? Philly at home. So, so, oh yeah, yeah, I see. That. Yeah, so Philly at home as well. So uh, outside of those ten two games, games, I got ten games left. What you got? Like, I think we can go seven or three or eight and two. On these I, yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, I mean, like I said. Most of the teams are beatable, um, especially the next four games. Um, Milwaukee twice, Indiana, Brooklyn, obviously. Uh, the Wizards are going to want to get their vengeance on Indiana, and, and especially Beal. I think he wants that game, that shot back, and he wants it back against uh, the Pacers. They should be able to, to win those games. Uh, and then and then the, the back-to-back in Texas, um, that, 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 that'll kind of also be uh, a test for their, for their, uh, who for their are, resilience. Who is, to who see. is this team, right? Yeah, the who is this team 
really. Uh, you know, you, you you got you you just played a couple easy games at home. Now you got two back to backs on the road. Um, how much can you hold up? How about, the, how, about the, how about this? How about this? Who's gonna? How about this? How about this? So they got four games. They got four games coming up, right? They should go three yeah. and one. They should go three and one, right? Brooklyn Pacers, Bucks at home at Milwaukee. They go three and one of those, right? Okay. Okay. Then here we go at Houston at Dallas, right? So it's like so. so what is this team at this point? This is a team Cause, that cause, I bet cause, you. Because I, I feel you, if they go two and one, if they go one and three, if they go one and three or four, obviously yeah, it's they, over. They, they, because they will beat Houston. Because they I'm sorry to keep interrupting you. Like, like I want your takes. Is that like? And I keep telling us on this podcast. I keep telling us what I'm writing about. Is like, as much as we're talking about like how good, like how good they've been playing. There's still two games below 500, dog. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? It's like there has to be a point where it's like we're not talking about them them climbing this thing to be 500 more. Now we're on, and it's not just like, oh, how do we get like you know house money? It's just kind of like this team is good and they're plowing through people, right? And so like, but I feel like right now they're playing so well that I. This conversation is valid in the sense that, you know, like two and two seems disappointing between two Milwaukee games and a Pacers, like three home games and at Milwaukee, two and two seems disappointing. So I'm, I'm giving them three and one. But then when you go to at Houston, at Dallas, uh, Minnesota at home, at Milwaukee again, oh my God, we're we playing at Milwaukee in two weeks. I mean, God. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Hopefully John Wall has tipped his bartenders and waitresses there in his strip club. Hopefully Ubre has paid his strip club person there in Milwaukee because they're coming back again. What I want to say is, like, dude, there's 10 games where I feel like they should go 7-3 and three in. You know, like 5-5 five and five don't work, dog, when they're 2 below 500. You know what I mean? They haven't yeah, baked, yeah. have have baked enough because when they get to bank them, and then now we're two or three games out. Like you can, you can, you can squeeze a game here and there on a loss in January because the schedule in January, dude, gets way tougher. It, it gets way tougher, and I'm not going to go on that. But I just want to focus on those ten games. So I cut you off. What is your take here uh, on this upcoming schedule before we go? Yeah. So I mean, I think three and one is fair for the next four games. I think when they go to Texas, it's going to be one of those things where they end up beating Houston. Uh, a good Houston team, and then they end up like botching Dallas. You know, it's like a trap yeah, game where they yeah. it's a back to back, and they you know, and they kind of they're, they're Texas probably overlooking Dallas. A little, a... Yeah, yeah, and then so so they'll probably go one and one there. Uh, you know, Minnesota should be a win. Milwaukee should be a win. Chicago um, should be a win. I mean, it's at home. We'll see. You know where they are at that point, but you know, Boston is going to be. A big game. That's a that's a national another back to back as yeah. well. Yeah. So I think seven to three is fair. Um, but to your point, I mean, this team is not just eyeing five hundred anymore. I mean, they 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 want to gun past it. They 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 want to just they want to pass go, um, and just 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 keep moving from there. I mean, I think where they are now, um, <clears throat> based on how they've produced over the past week or the past ten games. Um, they, it, it's it's fully legitimized 
in their minds that that they are not a 500 team, that they are much better than that. I think 500, getting to 500 is just to start, and I expect them to do that uh, at least by the end of December with these next four games. They sh- should be over 500 at that point, especially if they go 3-1. and one. Um, And I think from that point on, once they realize that, okay, we're back in the thick of things here, um, that they'll probably um, they'll, they'll move forward based off of that. And uh, I think the, the, the overall stretch, the 10 games, should be should be a pretty successful one. I think seven and three. I think eight and two, six and four maybe. But it's, if if it's any worse than six and four, then this team still has a lot more to work on. Well, it's, it's, the other thing in their favor, uh, unfortunately, is how bad Easter Conference is. <laughs> well, the Easter Con- the Easter it's Conference the schedule. is the mosh pit. Okay, so right, so currently right now they're thirteen and fifteen, and they are. Uh, half game out of seventh place. They are uh, in the loss column. They are three out of the loss column from the Celtics, who are in third place. Yeah, right. Uh, so, 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 obviously, Cleveland and Toronto are by far the f- two best teams, right? So it's like there's this mismatch, and I feel like you know Toronto will get together, but like really, dude, like do you feel like? Toronto, I'm sorry, not Toronto. The Hornets, the Knicks, the Bulls, the Pacers, the Hawks, the Bucks, who are in front of them, or any teams that the Wizards, you're just like, oh my God, they can't beat them. No, absolutely right? not. But, but at some point, they have to beat them, right? So it's like, at some point, I can't, I can't sit there and say, like, yo, dude, I think the Wizards are better than them. Like, well, yeah, dude, like, you guys are shot to beat them, right? But, like, it isn't like this, as much as I want to say, this hole is so holish. Holish is that's a that's a word because they're two games be five, be below five hundred. But also, currently the Knicks are three above five hundred and the Hornets and they're tied for fourth or fifth, right? So it's like they, and everyone beats each other. So it's not like it isn't like we are like so far out here. I'm giving positive pixels, and I know Ted Leonsis, who's not as this podcast, loves this part of this. But like, this is true, though, dude, right? Well, yeah. I mean, if you look at it, if you look at the standings between the third seed and the twelfth seed, there's only a five game difference. So the complete middle of the Eastern Conference is a complete clusterfuck um, from the Celtics up up I to see the three, Magic. I see three games. And, I see three games actually. Oh, the wow. Magic. The what's that? Celtics are five games back, and we're three and a half. Right. Well, but what I'm saying is between the Celtics and the and the Magic, between oh, the third seed, oh, the Magic. Oh, yeah, the, for sure. For what, sure yeah, for sure. What, yeah. What I'm trying to explain is is yeah, oh, yeah, the Wizards in between. Not the Wizards, the, the Magic. Yeah. Right. And so and so and the Wizards are right in the thick of it. So no, none of these teams are formidable in any sense. I mean, everyone pretty much levels out. I mean, maybe too balanced. Here in the Eastern Conference, because I mean the Hornets who are in fourth. I mean we're just what we're we're a, we're two and a half games out of having home court in the first round. <laughs> today, you know, so I mean we're right there, we're right there, and and that's that's going to help the Wizards. I mean if the Wizards go, let's say they go seven and two over the next ten games, that puts them at twenty and seventeen. I mean the twenty and seventeen record will probably put them. I mean that's three games over five hundred. Charlotte's three games over 500 right now. That means that you know that's a fourth or fifth seed for the Wizards in the next ten. Oh, at, at the end of 
um, the next ten games. So and none of these teams are playing well. If you look at the last ten, <laughs> none of them are playing well. I mean, right. I mean, they're five and five, no, every, four, three yeah. and seven. Like the Wizards are actually playing the best there is. Like I don't want to give anyone any false hope per se. But it's also like the the reality of the context of what it is because as much as we can sit there and nitpick of like what this team needs to do better and here it is, and it's also in the sense that like they can move up and we'll be back here and podcasting it again. So, uh, what what presents is Santa bringing your uh, your daughter? Uh, for the people knowing, uh, 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 Abdullah has a new uh, newborn. Uh, how old? How old is she? Uh, she'll be six months in a few days, so uh, a little wear, wear and tear. Not exactly brand new, so. So, so, so there's no sand. Is there, you have a tree, a make makeshift uh, Walmart tree, but like, is there any presents here on Santa? Uh, yeah, there, there'll be some presents under there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, I don't know. How, how, how do Muslim people do with Santa? Like, I don't. We don't. Know. We don't. We don't. No, no, I know you don't. I know. <laughs> No, no, Generally I, I, speaking, we don't. No, no, um, like, we, no, we no, do. no, like, I know that, but, like, I know Jewish people, like, <laughs> you'll be like, yeah, man, like, we're all not, but, like, what's up? No, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll partake in, in anything, like, our, our jobs do or our friends do. I mean, you know, my wife's family kind of uh, partakes more than my, my immediate family does, but... Um, they do Secret Santa, so I'm expecting something from my brother-in-laws for sure. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you, um, you don't go to Chinese restaurants like the, like the Jewish people do. Like, <laughs> or, or Is that Day. what happens? Yeah, they do. It's, it's typically Chinese restaurants. Yeah, no, no. You didn't know this? Oh yeah, no. it's, it's in Seinfeld. Like, like it's literally like Jewish people who are I'm listening. Sur- who are listening on, on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve? They go to Chinese restaurants. It's, 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 uh, hey, I'm, I'm I'm surprised, uh, and you'll get this if you, I'll get you, you'll get this if you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. But I'm surprised they don't go to Palestinian chicken restaurants. <laughs> no, there's some kung pao. There's some kung pao chicken involved for sure. No, wow. <laughs> No, but that's, saying, that's saying, any presents? Any presents? What do you do? Uh, well, I mean, like I said, my my daughter, um, she still needs some whiz gear. Yeah. So and we're we're in the we're in the thick of the football season, and like you mentioned, I'm a, I'm a Dolphins fan, and they're on the brink of making the playoffs. So I made it a point to make sure she has Dolphins gear, and she has plenty of it because uh, my cousins and my sisters made sure she was uh, stockpiled on enough of those onesies because um, she throws up a lot on me and herself, especially on Sundays after uh, I startle her after. After every down, are they make the playoffs? by screaming, are they, are they make the playoffs? Are they, they going to make it? They better make the playoffs, what man. They, at this what point, they do? what are they going to do? They're, they're, they're not. They're nine and five. They they own the last. What's their seed. games? What's the next? What are they going to do? What's the next two games? They yeah. well, if if they if they beat Buffalo on Saturday, and Denver loses, we clinch the wild card. Really, really simple as that. Who's Denver play? That's a good question. They they play Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's shit. Kansas City yeah. needs to win too. So, so and, and, fucked, and, right? and, and and where and where the Dolphins really get lucky is the fact that there's not a fucking blizzard in, in Buffalo this week. It's actually going to be in the 40s. So for so it will for, be for, it will be the typical like Dolphins right. Up, so for, the yeah, Buffalo exactly. freezer for, for the Dolphins the, the Dolphins typically suck in December, especially on the road, especially in Buffalo. So, uh, with them playing as well as they are, and Buffalo sucking as bad as they do. Well, you, you, the wait, well, you know I grew up, right? Numerous. You grew up in Nebraska. Okay, who, who's my who is my one of my favorite Nebraska players? Cornhuskers ever of all time. 
Is it Amir Abdullah? Uh, well, well, yes, it is. <laughs> Tom Brady Frazier? Well, yes. Yes, defender. <laughs> defender. Oh, uh, who played in Nebraska? Go ahead. Sue, Sue, bro. Sue, oh, bro. Yes, Ooh, come on, bro. Uh, that's your boy, Sue's the <laughs> Yes, man. yes. Mr. Dolphin, right? The, like, Mr. So Runstopper. So what I'm saying is that you got to get gotta get your girl a Sue jersey, man. That's what I'm trying to say. You know what? He's getting paid so much money. He's getting paid so much money, and no one can block him. Like, no one really it's knows so good. stuff, right? He's so good. Like it's amazing. He's so good, dude. I mean, yeah. Dude, that guy was like, he was the only one, like, he was second in the Heisman, a defensive player. Like, who does yeah, that? Yeah, uh, he's, he, he's, he's, he's a schematic nightmare. I, I, I mean, the way argue, he. I used to argue that he was the, he was arguably the best college player of all time. And people were like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, dude, he was, <laughs> he was a player of the year as a defensive tackle. Like, how's that happen? Yeah. yeah. You know? Anyway, then, you know, he did his thing, and then, of course, then he's, he's really weird and, I don't know. Start just like kicking people in the nuts and <laughs> doing all this weird shit. <laughs> doing all this like dirty shit. I was like, "Yo, bro, I can't really like." And then all of a sudden, it's like my Bears fans were like, "Yo, dude, like he just he just like need Jay Cutler in the face." I'm like, "Well, yeah, I'm sorry about that." Right. Like, they were like, "Well, I hate Jay Cutler, so it's okay." <laughs> Jay Cutler's the worst. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yes, I had Abdullah Madula on my fantasy team for the Lions this year. He, he, he was great. He was great. Uh, dude, so, dude, any, any shout Give the people a shout out that are still listening to this monster podcast. Uh, shout out. Hoop District, all your, all your shit, dude. What you got, bro, before we go? HoopDistrict.net is the site at HoopDistrict.dc. I'm sorry. It's been two hours, man. At Hoop District DC is the handle. Shout out to Joe Glow, my partner in crime. Shout yeah. out to my son Neil, to my boy Brandon. All th- th- these are these are great writers. They're young kids. They're doing um, they're doing well. They're they're, they're workhorses. The family, uh, bro. The, the Wizard family, bro. The Wizards family. Oh, of course, yeah, I got to shout out yeah. TAI. Do it, man. Uh, Kyle. My man John C. Townsend, I love John, man. John's my and these guys are remote now, man. Connor and John out in New York. I know, I know, I know. Connor got Connor's yeah. engaged. Connor's engaged, by the way. He'll probably be pumping out a baby soon, but oh wow, he got engaged to uh, to his girlfriend. Yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fiance, fiance now. Dude, hey, how about this? How about this? I was telling my friend that it is like it's like. Like when your buddy's been dating a girl for so long, and you're like, "Oh, it's my buddy and his girl." They're like, "Oh, my bad, fiance." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> "Yo, it's it's serious, like, man." So, so it's no, serious, man. what I feel, dude, no, no, when you're, what when I, you're what a fiance, I, that's a lot of money invested at that point. Well, fair point. But what I'm saying is like, "Yo, dude, I feel like it's like uh, I go from like girlfriend to wife. Like girlfriend to fiance is like a difficult like transition. <laughs> it, it, right? is, it is. It's, it's like, like like vernacularly wise, you know. But uh, right. yeah, yeah, bro. Thank you so much. I've taken of you course. so much. Of course, always a pleasure. Uh, and tell what's your little one's name? What's her name? Zara, like the store. Like the store. Z a r a Zara. Dude, that's so good. Yeah, uh, I'm glad. Baby that she's... Z. Just call. We we, we we call her Baby Z. Baby Z's. Baby Z's in bed. Baby Z's in bed. So Daddy can talk about. Uh, you know. 
uh, <laughs> a bunch of fucking bullshit on, on, on this podcast, <laughs> yeah. right? But hey, hey, every, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this monster podcast. Uh, have a happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and and as always, go wizards. Peace out. What's good? I've been I've been sold all my life. I've got nothing left to play. I've got nothing left to say. I'm a black man in a white world. I'm a black man in a white world. I'm a black man in a white world. I'm a black man in a white. I'm in love, but I'm still sad. I found peace, but I'm not glad. All my nights and all my days, I've been trying the wrong way. I'm a black man in a white world. 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 I feel like I've been here before. I feel that knocking on my door. I feel like I've been here before. I feel that knocking on my door. And I've lost everything I had. I'm a black man in a white world